Welcome to Rem and Sam back again. This pod might be coming out a little late. You know, that turkey got me yesterday, Black Friday. So, you know, we, we kinda, were in a food I coma. It, it happens. You know, it's Thanksgiving. You just eat so much. You're like, I gotta, I got, I need some naps. But we're back again here to talk about all the sports going on. Um, we got NFL, NBA, all the corners, but Rem. Today's a big mm. day. We, if you want to listen to the pod not enough, you know that Rem is one of the biggest Michigan fans out there. And today is Michigan versus Ohio State. Rem, running tell on the us field why. Right yeah, tell us why this is the biggest game in college football this year. No, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened this way. Like you said, typically, you know, the episode would be out probably at the time we're recording this, but we get to record this episode during the Michigan Ohio State game. The game is literally happening. The teams are running on the field, and it's number two versus number three, the undefeated teams. My heart is pounding. I, 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 I don't know if I'm more nervous for this one than the last two years because every year now, you know, we beat them the last two years. So, can we beat this team three times in a row? We haven't done that. I don't think we've done that this century. But I would say, like, is this of all of the matchups that we've had again, like even probably this century, like our lifetimes? Is this the first time that we've definitely had the better quarterback going into the matchup? Because I think even last year, you know, I, I love McCarthy. McCarthy is my guy. But, I mean, Stroud was the number two pick in the NFL draft last year. Heisman candidate. Like, I think still, pound for, <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest quarterback in the NFL. He's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's just on Ohio State last season. So, I think you would still have to, you know, better team. They ended up winning the game. The quarterback matchup, you still probably would have given to Ohio State headed in. But the McCord McCarthy thing this year, I mean, I get there's Harbaugh stuff involved here. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff. But, I mean, we do have the better guy leading the team right now. Well, and it is interesting when Ohio State is talked about because many times their quarterbacks disregard it. And it's more focused on their wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr., considered probably, you know, top two, top three prospect at that position all time. And, mm. you know, it's just with this team, when you look at what the what you guys have gone throughout this whole year, you know, it's mostly a cupcake schedule. Sorry, Big Ten, but it just is what it is. It'll change next year. And, you know, so this is pretty much the big game to prove who is, you know, who deserves to be in that top four. And but Rem, you know, the question on everyone's mind, you don't want I know you don't want to think about it. Do you think in your heart of hearts, down deep inside, could this be Harbaugh's last game? Is it really going to be? Because, I mean, he's not technically at the game, but he's still technically the head coach of the team. Is Harbaugh gone after this year? I know. you were. We were talking a little bit before uh, we started about that. And you were saying, did you say McAfee said that? Was somebody on McAfee's show saying that? It's the general vibes around the league. Yeah, and the, NFL, the, the NFL, you know, the NFL rumors have always been out there. Teams are always offering him jobs. Like he's a he's a highly sought after guy. I think he, you know, listens to offers. He doesn't he 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 definitely keeps his options open. He's and he and he has a history of leaving as well, too. Like he this I think Michigan's probably the longest tenure he's had at, you know, any big spot so far in his career. But I mean, he seems pretty committed. He seems pretty committed. And the McCarthy thing is still up in the air for next year as well. Like his draft stock has been rising. You know, who knows if he sneaks into the first round, maybe a pre-draft process helps him out even more. But if he returns next year, like if, if McCarthy returns next year, I think Harbaugh is definitely back. 
But maybe, maybe, maybe that goes hand in hand. Maybe if McCarthy knows Harbaugh's leaving, then maybe McCarthy leaves as well. So I think, I think both of those guys, there's a chance both of those guys are there next year, but I don't think there's a bigger chance. I don't think it's like a 50 50 chance that they're either gone or there. Like, I, I still think, Har- I still think Harbaugh's committed. I still mm, think Harbaugh's okay. committed. And I get again that the, he's always been pursued. But he's still returned to Michigan, and all of his quotes have always been that you know he's always he's happy there, he likes the situation, and you know I think the other thing that this thing is showing us that he kind of has a lot of power within the mm. you know maybe not even just within the athletics who knows within the school like it, he's a big figure over there too he's an alumni so I do think Michigan is a good spot for him and I don't I'm not saying you know he's gonna grow old there I'm not gonna saying he's gonna be there for forever yeah, Nick Saban yeah but. I mean, could we get, I was going to say, could we get a decade long run for Harbaugh? But it's probably been pretty close to that already. But 15, you know, maybe like a 15 year stretch at Michigan. Yeah, I don't, I oh, mean, yeah, no, I, he's been there. He's been there nine years already. So this would be a next year yeah, would be a decade long run. A decade. So I don't know, maybe a 20 year I mean, run he for has, Harbaugh. I mean, I think he has rebuilt your program in terms that, you know, it's back to being an elite football team, you know, being in these conversations every single year. And, you know, when you look at the the roster that he's built up, the talent on both sides of the ball consistently, you know, and now having this is pretty much, you know, the peak of what of his so far his tenure there, then -hmm. it's like, you know, if he does get a championship, do you want to end on a good note? You know, how much money Mm -hmm. are these NFL NFL teams offering? You know, do you want to keep dealing with the recruiting and all that? Um, being on the road I mean it's a lot of hard work but you know also there's the other side of the coin where you know you being the college you know head coach there's a lot more perks than in, in than in NFL in terms of being in these small teams the history stuff like that so and I mean like you mentioned it's his alma mater so I don't know maybe it's his lifelong dream to coach Michigan football and he'll just be there forever and you know hats off to him to do that uh but there's a lot of rumors about him leaving so it's a very high likelihood you know, when these next couple of years, the Big Ten is going to get a lot harder. There's going to be a lot more better. There's going to be a lot more better teams. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more of what that means for other teams that don't even have as good a talent. I'm looking at you, Iowa. Mm. But mm. I think I think uh, for Michigan, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh leaves. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think he will stay. Um, but I do think these next couple of years, you know, don't be surprised if there's some, you know, but a lot rockier seasons coming up. More and more eight and eight and twos. You know, a couple more losses thrown in, and who knows? I don't know if he'll want to stick around for all that. So just to update quickly, I know we're not doing this live, but Ohio State gets the ball first, two runs, and then Kibuka dropped it on third down, so three mm. now for Ohio State. But now that now that I'm looking at this Harbaugh thing on the decade thing on paper. If they if they win the national title this year, it does get scary because and maybe even if they don't, because this in just in general might be is this just the way things are aligning? Is this their best shot? Because I still think I still think Georgia's pretty good as well. Georgia might still be the best team in the country, but their quarterback is a first year starter. So just the general inexperience, big games. I don't know. Like next year, Carson Beck is gonna have a full season under his belt playoff games maybe georgia wins the national title maybe carson beck's the returning 
national champion quarterback, but just the experience they have again with McCarthy, the depth they have with the roster, the fact that it would be just a nice, you know, 10 year run, cap it off with the national championship and then move on. And again, even if they don't win the title, is he going to get another quarterback like McCarthy? Just a, a high level guy, Heisman guy. The defense um, have all the defensive pieces aligned the same way. It does feel like the stars have really up on up until they, I guess I'll say, you know, they got caught up until they <laughs> got caught this season. Think like it did seem like the stars were really aligning for them to have their best shot to win the title. So in terms of what it, you know, it took him it, it took him 10 years to build this. Is this something he's just gonna be now for the next five, six, if he's there for another 10 years, is he just going to be powerhouse top four team every year? Is this what he has built now? Like, yeah, that could absolutely be the case. But again, it could also be that maybe things have aligned. Again, he's built the program. McCarthy's had the years. The other teams, again, you know, Ohio State, again, this is McCord's first year. It's just the the other top four team. I know, you know, Penix and Bo Nix are experienced guys, but the other t- big teams experience quarterback. It just feels like all the pieces are there in place once. And they'll have Harbaugh back for the playoffs too. Big 10 championship game as well. If they're, if they're able to beat Ohio state here and, and advance to that. So, you know, w- with Harbaugh to finish the season, it does feel like things have a line for them to have a really good shot. Yeah. Also, I mean, even when you go further down the line in terms of the top quarterbacks uh, out there, you know, Jalen Milrow is a new guy. Um, Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers is still figuring himself out. So yeah, I definitely think that you know that this is probably his best shot to winning it. And it's, I mean, I think with college in terms of the how long the coach is there, um, it's it's what you value. You know, does he value having that NFL job, or does he value the story, the history, the respect for the football coach? You know, just having that you know unilateral control over you know, over the whole program, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of control. But I mean, it is a lot more, a lot harder work in terms of having to recruit, having to be up, you know, you don't, it's not as much, um, you don't get as much downtime, stuff like that. So it, I think, I think for Harbaugh, considering it is his alma mater, I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around. It's just, you know, when, how, how much, are the good times going to keep rolling? That's, that's the question. And I think that's a question for, the larger big 10, you know, for these top teams, like is Penn state ever going to get ranked again? But if USC is there, UCLA is there, you know, Mm. are these other teams going to be up there? I don't, we'll have to see, but for now, um, I think the next interesting question, at least for this year is if it's a close game with Ohio state and Michigan um, and whatever winner of this game thrashes Iowa, because they probably will. Do you think, one of these two, both of these teams can get in over, you know, a Florida State, you know, or an Oregon. Well, that is the other big piece to this, where this this game is this game super important in a way to Michigan compared to the other, these other teams because, like you were saying, they don't have the other the out of conference schedule and really the in conference schedule outside of Penn State. They played a couple weeks ago. They don't have the the bulk of games to be a one loss team against Ohio state in a close game. But the thing is the committee did do this last year, last year, Ohio state lost to Michigan and they were a one loss team headed into the playoffs with Stroud. And they were still able to grab the four seed and they almost beat Georgia too. Stroud was fantastic in that game. And they were, you know, I 
put up about 40 plus points on the the Georgia defense. So if and that and, and that game wasn't even close. Michigan, from a scoring standpoint, it wasn't really close. You know, Michigan had a bunch of big plays, was able to pull away in the fourth quarter. But if this is a close game, Michigan and Michigan is a one-loss team. I think I think there's a real chance that it is Georgia, Ohio State, the Pac-12 champion, and Michigan. Because the other thing is too, the Jordan Travis injury for Florida State is a real thing. Where I get, and I'm you know I could be the this is again biased Michigan fan, but I get the fact that you'd want to respect Florida State's resume. And if they were undefeated and Michigan was a one-loss team and Florida State won their champion championship, like. You know, I would really have to think about what to do if I was the in the committee spot there. But if Florida State is a one-loss team versus, say, one-loss Michigan, like Michigan's just in in that situation. Like, and maybe you know, is it is it just is it bigger school? Is it the quarterback out? I don't know. Am I just being biased? But I feel like if Michigan is a one-loss team, they're still in a better place because the committee has shown that they're willing to put the big not only do it to the Big Ten, but specifically for this game as well. They did it last year, and there's a real chance they do it again. And if Oregon is a two-loss team, then they're probably out of it. You have Washington as a, a, a one-loss team versus Michigan as a one-loss team. I think it's really close, and I think the committee's precedent could say that Michigan has a real shot, even if they end up losing. Yeah, and it's I do I do think they also have a real shot. And they, I mean, this is where you have to compare it to the other conference championship games, um, who wins and who loses. I mean, it'll be interesting. I'm really excited to see that Washington Oregon game um, mm-hmm. to see see the result from that, as well as you know Florida State and is it is it Florida State Louisville? Louisville, I think it is. Yeah, Louisville. Yeah, I think those are the two that really matter. I mean, I don't really see. I mean, is there a way Texas can sneak in here? I mean, I don't know if they have what they're. I think, what they're the, com- I think the Big Twelve might get left out of this. Yeah. Yeah, they were just – it was not a great uh, conference this year. Um, yeah, Oklahoma was supposed to be decent, but – Oklahoma know, is good. Over, messed, messed around and lost to Kansas, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, that yeah, might have hurt Texas more than anything, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely – Shout out to Kansas. Shout out, Jayhawks. Wrecking chaos. So, so, yeah, I guess it's – yeah, like usual. I mean, like – if if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, you know, are we is Georgia really going to be out of it? I mean, Alabama's not going to just suddenly get vaulted into it. I think if I think Al- there would If Alabama if Alabama wins the SEC championship game and Michigan's a one-loss team, Alabama's in. I think Georgia and Alabama are both in. Oh, you think they're both? You think the SEC bias is real? You think it's okay. I think it would be Georgia as the reigning champion only lost one time they have a couple of top 10 wins and then alabama is the sec champion at that point and they their only loss was to texas early in the year you could probably talk yourself out of that if you wanted to so i think i think if if alabama wins i think you got to put two sec in whoa whoa sec rem okay all right he's in he's in (laughs) do i need to start talking with the twang Oh my gosh. Okay. So there, there is a world. Okay. Cut the clip. There is a, there is a road for Alabama to still be in the top four. That's, that's wild. Is that crazy to say that Alabama's not dead? They're a one loss team. If they win, if they're the SEC champion, they're just, their performance in games has not 
it's been bad. I mean, I guess Michigan, you know, you can talk about quality schedule as well with them, but you know, only a three point win over Arkansas, you know, you look at some of their games, it's, it's kind of been shaky this year, you know, it was like what 17, three against South Florida, you know, that was also another close game. So, you know, they've turned it on here at the end of the year, you know, 66 against 66, 10 against Chattanooga, but I don't know today against Auburn, the iron bowl, they, they better not mess around. They better not because, uh, you know, that's before this is definitely one of the weaker Alabama teams of recent history. And I mean, if they lose today, then, yeah, there's no shot they're making it in. So, well, no, if they if they're if they're a two, three loss team, you know, they're yeah. obviously out of it. But again, in principle, if they're one loss packed or SEC champ is just is the SEC champ going to get left out versus mm. undefeated? If Florida State's undefeated, Ohio State, Georgia as a one-loss team versus Alabama, you know, it's Michigan, Texas, Alabama at that point. And I get Texas would have the head-to-head versus Michigan or versus uh, Alabama, but Alabama would be the conference champion. And uh, I don't know. So if, you're uh, you say conference champion over okay. I don't know if yeah, I don't know I don't if an SEC or a Big Ten conference champion has been left out of the college playoff this point yeah that would be an interesting thing to go back and look um yeah i'd love to see also i mean would they put a pac 12 you know would oregon get in if they went i don't know there's so many different variables of this and i can't wait till this thing goes to eight we can stop worrying about it and then we'll be talking about you know um if two or three lost teams get in but I think it's a real possibility that Ohio State gets in too if they lose. Like I should say that for the other side as well, because they would be a one-loss team. And the committee has them ranked above Michigan right now. They as the number two team. So the resume that they have at this point is clearly to the committee more impressive than Michigan's resume, yeah. even if it is by slightly a little bit. But again, a It'd one-loss have to be a team. a pretty close game, though. Yeah, if it is a close game, if they yeah. if they get handled, then yeah, I think with McCord versus Stroud last year. You're gonna you're gonna lean toward putting Stroud into the college football playoff, and turned out that was pretty much the right move. Again, that was a fantastic <laughs> game, but like I'm saying, I think there is a real possibility that this could be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and some some possibility. And then, yeah, like we we're saying with that Washington Oregon game, I think with just the way Bo Nix has been playing, he might is he the better quarterback in that game? Even though it's Michael mm. Penix on the other side. I mean, we're just talking about college football this year for one game. So I I think, again, real possibility we could see Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon. But it's early on Saturday. We have no idea yet. Okay. Yeah, we don't know. that. That's the thing with having a committee decide. There's just so many variables that you're like, oh, if this person loses this, you know, it's just, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole mess. But just, but just wait, but just, should we keep track of who was alive at this point? Who is yeah. Like who still has a chance? Yeah. So we say Georgia still obviously alive. Mm-hmm. Michigan and Ohio State still alive, even if they lose. Florida State, I think they're still alive, even if they lose. Al- Alabama has to win out, but Alabama, like I'm saying, are have I talked you into Alabama is still alive yet? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the name, you know, you can't, you have okay, Nick okay. Saban there, you know, one loss. Yeah, I mean, but I do think they have to be very careful today because I think I think that Auburn, I think I think that's a trap game. 
I really, I really do. Aren't they on the road too? I think they're in. I think they're at Auburn. Auburn yeah. 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 That's, that's a very scary game. I think for them, you never know. You never know. The thing is, Milrose just been playing so much better lately. And the, yeah, I think if there was one big difference that you wanted, like you could, could you tie those early season performances for Alabama to Milrose and say, Hey, he's playing better now. He's not the same yeah. guy, could. but I think Alabama's a lot. I think the thing is, is Texas, is there a world where Texas gets in? Do you think Texas is out at this point? Do you I think, think there's just out, too much yeah. chaos in front of Texas for them to leap up and get in? Well, who are they playing that convinces you that they should get in? You know what I mean? Like their resume is kind of done. Well, they have the Alabama and, win. They have, uh, you know, they, they would be the big 12 champ if they went out. Yeah. Which they should. Um, but then, you know, the pac 12, I mean, if you have, you know, either Washington or Oregon coming out of there, um, pretty, you know, they, they probably should get in considering how at least a PAC 12 champ, considering how they played all year. So that's at least one, you know, one ACC, one big 10. So you have one left. And, you know, at that point, it's like, I think, you know, obviously the committee obviously likes Florida state oh, more than Texas right now. So if they, they went out like they should, at least they'll get in. Um, now the interesting question is if Louisville wins, you know, are they technically alive? You is know, Louisville at nine, are, to- <laughs> are the top nine teams in like uh, have a chance? Louisville might be alive if Louisville is. Oh my gosh, the Big Twelve champ in Texas. The- Let's say you know if Texas loses, Alabama, Michigan's out. Can a one loss Louisville leapfrog a one loss <laughs> Michigan, a one loss Louisville ACC champ? I mean, if they dump, Florida State, if they dumpster uh, Kentucky today and then beat Florida State badly, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> do they? <laughs> is there a world where they? I mean, I think they definitely leapfrog Texas, and then Alabama Ooh. loses like they should. You know, Washington loses, and then yeah, they beat Florida State. There's, I think, there's a roadmap for Louisville to get in. So top nine, yeah, all the teams in front of them lose. Uh, you know, from Alabama. So- Oregon and yeah. Florida State, yeah. One loss Michigan versus one loss Louisville. Yeah. I, it would be and versus probably maybe let's say a one loss Washington. Yeah, I mean I think they'd sneak in at four if they got in and then you'd move Washington up to three and then have the Big Ten winner at two and then Georgia at one. Oregon would probably Oregon would be uh in the Pac twelve championship would be Washington's one loss. So Oregon would probably be in. Ohio yeah. State, Georgia. So it'd be Louisville, Washington, Michigan. One of those three. Yeah. It'd be it'd be it'd be a steep climb for Louisville, but again, I think they're they are alive. We're just saying they're alive. There's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And Making I mean, I, yeah, it's not like it's crazy if Alabama lost in the the you know, there's a high likelihood Alabama could lose to the number one team in the title game. You know, Texas, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything they can do anymore to Went to and then you know Oregon if they you know lose like they should to the team that's ranked higher than them then I you know that's going to be a really tough conversation if you have Louisville or one last Michigan yeah like you said the Louisville Cardinals who would have thought sneaking into the playoffs who's their quarterback um Louisville right plumber. now yeah they plumber that's right Jack is that Jake plumber. plumber's kid hmm, maybe. 
right now leading leading the Cardinals against the Wildcats with the most rushing yards too. I know Louisville's had some good quarterbacks. Who is Jack Plummer's dad? No, not Jake Plummer. Or at least not the Jake Plummer. Maybe it is Jake Plummer, just not the one that played quarterback. They're not related. There is no blood relation. Yeah, people have been looking. Not related to Jake Plummer. Bradley Plummer. Mm. Shout out, Mr. Bradley Plummer. Your son is uh your son has a chance to take the Louisville Cardinals to the playoffs. There's some chaos. Iowa beats Ohio State. We're not we're not getting into that madness, but not it is I, funny. Not that I was in, but Louisville, but that helps Louisville. Oh my gosh. It is funny that you bring up Iowa because we do need to have a little chat about them. Is I mean with Kirk Ferentz not only having to get rid of his son this year, pretty much being he will be there's a court case he has to deal with in the spring. You know, him talking about bringing his other son, James and Ferentz, to be the DC coordinator. Is there a world with the Big Ten getting a lot better this next couple of years? You know, Iowa's been feasting on these easy teams in the Big Ten West. Now in the championship game again, twice in three years, two, three years. They won in 2021. Um, is Iowa football dead after this year, Rem? I mean, it's, it, Iowa fans might have to cover their ears for this one, but I think they realize it too because with this Big Ten realignment, I mean, like you just said, the fact that they have been in a weaker division as – I mean, it's basically, it's not a free path to the title game. But, I mean, if you were an Iowa fan right now, and, oh, Michigan's just had a big play. What Did just happened? They the just court? pick off McCord? I think they just picked off McCord. First and goal, baby! Iowa, on their way to play Iowa, who, like we were saying, if they just play, if they play some good defense and they score 19 points a game, I mean, they've got a free path to the, the Big Ten title game. But if you're an Iowa fan, you would think that this team is 2-10, and 10, not 10-2. and two. Like, the just the vibes around the team, the vibes around the personnel, the vibes around the game planning. I mean, that is going to change because they're going to be moving on from Brian Ferentz. But if the expect, like, because, like, it, it is what is the expectation right now for Iowa? Because, again, in terms of success, they are they are a somewhat successful team. They've been a top 20 team. They're winning their division. They're getting two conference title games. But this still kind of hasn't been enough because the vibes are off. And if they're if they're not going to be able to be as successful because the competition gets tougher, well, what is that like? What do the what are the vibes for Iowa football then? Do they, are the expectations do they shift? Because I don't I don't know if the expectations are to win the division because they just did that. And I don't know if anybody's really happy with the way the season turned out. So no, for sure. If, if you're if you're kind of finding a way to win, I get you still want to you know you still want to maximize, be the best. I, I I get all that stuff, but if if you're able to do these things and there's things that's still off, and then competition gets bigger, you're not able to do those things. Like, what does that mean for Kurt Ferentz? I don't know if he's in trouble, but it is going to be interesting to see what the Iowa fans' expectations are in the new Big Ten format. And, you know, this has been a team that 
you know, has been up and down each throughout the years. It's been pretty average. I mean, if we want to look at Kirk Ferentz's in at least uh, recent best year, you know, there is the Orange Bowl in 2009-11-2. But probably the one that was most memorable, that got people most mad, most, I mean, there's still, you know, reverberations felt from the arguments during that year. Up at Wendell became the second best team in the nation was at 2015 C.J. Beathard under center, and they went all the way to the title game. And there was a real conversation about whether they would be in the in the in the in the college football playoff. And you look at the teams they played that year. Uh, I think the best ranked team was Wisconsin at 19th, and then they finally play a decent team. I think they're fifth at that time, Michigan State lose by three, go to the Rose Bowl, play Stanford, and get, you know, trounced. And McCaffrey. I think that was, you know, kind of where it, it's been pretty much a microcosm of Iowa football, where, you know, they may we may get all these easy wins, these free wins against teams that aren't great, and every other year make it to the Big Ten. But I think people just know, you know, the team's kind of a fraud. The, the, the schedule, the mm. record is a fraud. It's not... It's not legit. Like you look at all these wins that you pile up, you know, uh, Kirk Ferentz in the 25 years. Yes, that is 25. That's a quarter of a century that Ferentz has been at Iowa. Uh, he's had, you know, 62% winning, um, you know, 10 and nine in the last and the 10 and nine for his bowl record. And, you know, the Rose Bowl is probably the best bowl that he's been to. Um, you know, maybe you could argue Orange Bowl back in the day, but I just think that it's been so up and down. It's, you know, it's 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 just been consistent. And these next couple of years when Iowa, if, you know, when the when they when they finally get exposed these next couple of years with better teams in the conference, it's I'll be very surprised to see how long Iowa's highest paid public uh public servant, I guess public official how long he sticks around in his position as the football head coach at Iowa, especially with all these controversies. It's not like he's, you know, mm. spick and span. It's, I mean, you know, there's stuff off the field, his own brother. I mean, whether, you know, whether the things are true about, you know, him supporting, you know, the, the, some of the racist cultures that were in his locker room, you know, whether is that, that's still something that happened in his program, but even if you don't care about it, you know, you don't want to, okay, well, he's still kept around his brother. Or how bad so you know it's not like he's necessarily the biggest guy on you know fan that people love anyway no matter what you care I about throw him some water on Sam. i'm just it's 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 a yikes we need a change we need we need someone new in in, in uh in iowa city i mean he's been the he's been the longest tenured college football head coach but again what are the expectations because with the realignment, it's just going to be, it's going to be hard for them to even be in a position where, you know, they actually had a chance to, they had a chance. I, I'll just say we needed this Michigan touchdown bad. Uh, this game was getting <laughs> but, uh, like, like that, that one year, if they are able to have a good season because they're basically getting that pad to the big 10 championship game, there is an argument where they can stumble into these college football playoff scenarios. And I get that the, playoff is an expanding to 12 team but they're not a team that is like a top 10 type team you know they're a team that's going to have really good years they're going to have years where this year where 
it's still a good season, but they're 17. You know, they wouldn't necessarily make a 12-team playoff. So you think Kurt Ferentz gets the hot seat from the fans at some point? Do you ever yeah, think like, I, the fan base could turn on Kurt if the the expectations change at all? Yeah, I think I think they will get downhill at some point. And, you know, we have been getting recruits. There have been a lot of players going from Iowa to the NFL. So, you know, they we give him credit where he's due. It is surprising how many, how many um players are currently in the NFL that are from Iowa. But, you know, once these once we stop going to these championship games and start being third fourth in the division, you know, start having double digit loss seasons, you know, you start getting trounced by USC, you start getting trounced by good teams. You know, I mean, imagine if Caleb Williams came to Iowa city, how many points he's putting up, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's it, at some point it's gotta, it's gotta fall apart. And I think Ferentz having these, you know, really verbal, huge issues on and off the field. It's, it's just crazy that he's still in the position that he is in right now. And, you know, kind of points to the athletics at Iowa. So, you know, I just, you got, you guys got to make a change is something's got to change. And I think the next couple of years with them finally, you know, going, not having as many championship games, not having as many, you know, pretty much, it feels like fake runs to the, the conference championship. Um, the the hotter his seat will get. And they're just doing top two teams for conference champion. In the yeah, AT&T from the two divisions. Ten. Yeah, the two divisions. And the Big Ten, I mean, so people for people at home who may not know, the Big Ten West has Iowa, and then Northwestern is 4-4, four and four, Wisconsin 4-4, four and four, Illinois. Oh, no, I mean in the new Big Ten. Oh, new Big Ten, I'm not sure. But Illinois 3-5, and five, Minnesota 3-5, and five, Nebraska 3-6, and six, who lost the last four games and, you know, they could barely be had to beat on a field goal and Purdue two and six. So that's uh, what a top 20 team has beaten this year. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And that in the 18 team, big 10, it's just going to be the top two teams. So again, it's going to be tough for Michigan and Ohio state. It's going to be tough for everybody to win the big 10 title, but the 12 team playoff. So there is still that outside chance that you could get three or four teams from a certain conference. If you have a, you know, a really good year maybe a team in the conference championship, two losses. I don't know. You can, you can still have arguments to get in, even if you're not in that game, but if you're Iowa now, you have to be better than 17 other teams versus you have to be better than what are they like? What, who's how many are in the big 10 right now? They'd be better than nine other teams, eight Um, other teams, seven. And it's not even good teams. Yeah. 13. Yeah. Better than 13 other teams. Well, no, they only have to win their division. Oh yeah, only in their division. Yeah, so it's like five, to be in the Big Ten championship, four or five. Oh, so if so, it won't be two divisions. It'll just be one big. No, sorry, I'm back on the old Big Ten now. But uh, but uh, the other thing with the other thing with Kurt Ferentz is, and you know he'll have to adapt to modern football in a lot of ways. But now that the transfer portal has opened up, a almost like free agency like thing to college football, his ability to be able to go in and get like a new quarterback, for example, in a different year. I know they went out and got McNamara this year, but just his general ability to attract, like what kind of talent will he be able to attract in the transfer portal? Is he no. going to be a guy that's going to be able to go out? And I know they're they're always, be, you know, they're always able to have 
I think a team that would be a good quarterback situation, but is that, and is Kurt Ferentz the type of place that can attract a good quarterback to their situation? That's a new thing that he's never really had to face. You know, you can recruit and you can develop. And I know they've always had their struggles at the quarterback position, but you get a guy like CJ Beathard in there, Ricky Stanzi, you know, they're playing year three, year four, you're developing them. Now you actually have the ability to go out and get new guys and, Jane Daniels can bounce around and Sam Hartman's at Notre Dame. And, you know, if I know Shador Saunders was, is at a, at Colorado because of his dad, but like, let's just say his dad wasn't there. Maybe he's a guy like players can just move around. You know, now that, now that you're able to attract talent, is that something that Kurt Ferentz will be able to do in college football? Cause that's another thing. If these other big 10 teams are doing it, they can pass them that way as well too. Like you just have to navigate more in the modern college football era. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the teams that are joining the conference in Oregon and Washington, you know, maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, it seemed like, okay, that's decent teams. But this year, that's two top, you know, six, seven teams joining the conference on top of USC, who had the most exciting prospect, you know, this year on their team and UCLA, whose defense has significantly improved. They're a solid team as well. So that's four, you know, teams that could potentially all be ranked in the top 25 joining the conference and, you know, having just better upper crust guys in a bigger, a conference that attracts more eyes than the PAC 12 generally, you know, then they're, then like you mentioned there, it's easier for those teams to attract prospects. And especially with the weird revitalization of the PAC 12 this year, they're just in the news news more. Um, You look at those teams like Oregon and Washington again, you know, they're just, they're higher ranked. And probably one of them is going to be in the college playoff. Then, and those you know, are teams that were able to go out and get quarterbacks as well, too. Bonix and Penix yeah. are both transfers. Exactly. So you have those guys. I mean, it's just going to be that much harder to recruit. And there's a real world where three of the top four teams are in the Big Ten next year. You know, three of the four teams in the college playoff. So, and then, uh, which would make it even more likely the national champion will be in the well, three of the 12. 10, so. Yeah, well, oh, no, I mean, like, three of the top four teams that are in the college playoff will be in the Big Ten in next year with, with one of the Pac-12 winner and then Ohio State-Michigan or, you know, two of the Pac-12 mm-hmm. teams. So, you know, with, with that much quality coming to the Big Ten next year, that, you know, it's not just me hating on Iowa, but, you know, there is part of me hating on Iowa with all the own issues that Iowa has. It just feels like a tower really teetering right now. I'm sorry, people. You're going to have to forgive me because, again, we're recording this live during this game. So I'm probably going to be a bit <laughs> of a mess as Michigan, unless Michigan pulls away at some point, then obviously we'll ease up a little bit. But Marvin Harrison just mossed a guy. So we'll see what happens. It is seven nothing. But the other, maybe Brian Ferentz was a big part of that too. Like Brian Ferentz is not, you know, a quarterback didn't look at the system and went, hey, that's not a system I want to play in. But now he maybe that's the thing. Maybe he needs to go out and get like a real offensive modern guy to run the team. And I know there's still like a ground game type, you know, a pound offensive lineman. It's tough football. It's Big Ten offense, defense line. Like I get all that stuff, but I think some of the stuff that's happening in the run game the last couple of years that I know it's in the NFL with Shannon and you know, it's a lot of spread offense stuff, but the way you can use offensive linemen, I think. Washington is a great Oregon state too, is a, another great offensive line, different, again, different styles of football. I get all that stuff, but I think he needs to go out and get a guy that 
and and be able to provide an offensive system that's going to be able to go out and get these transfer quarterbacks. Because like we're saying, this is kind of what we're seeing now. These these teams are able to turn these teams around quickly. They're able to, both both of these Pac-12 teams are in this position because they got these quarterbacks in the transfer portal. And if you're if you're having this top five, I don't know, top ten. It's definitely top ten, but is it a top five defense? Like if you have that every year in an offense that is just incapable. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, like we're saying, with more competition to keep these fans happy. If you're especially already had this long history of being there, and I think you know there are there are ways like like it could be a it wouldn't have to be a a a messy split, right? It could be peaceful. Yeah, he's had a long career. He's been yeah. the highest paid pl- employee in the state of Iowa for a long time. Like he's <laughs> he's he's made his money. And it's not like it's Iowa, so it's not like they're taxing it away from him like some of these other states. Well, <laughs> too. I think I, you know, Iowa's fairly no retirement tax. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's okay. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get raked over the coals with it. So, I mean, he's made his money. He's gotten his, you know, his notoriety. People, I think, in general, love him. Again, I think they would never necessarily be a bad team. Just would they be in as many competitive situations? in terms of these playoff spots and these big 10 champion spots, but they could still be, you know, a quote unquote quality football team. It could be peaceful. It could be, it could be a mutual parting of ways, but you know, it's been a long run. It's 20. What'd you say? 25 years at this point, 25 years. That's crazy. Do the kids love Kurt Ferentz? That's the question because the thing is the fans change. Like the kids now will be the fans that are clamoring and you know, do, do they love Kurt Ferentz? I'm just saying with this prior Brian campaign, you know, so strong in Iowa City, just being there, you know, we both, you know, were in the they were or in slash are in the area. And, you know, just the amount of anger that it was from fans of how hard it was to get him out of there. They had to put in his contract. You got to make this, you know, put this many points. You know, it's not it's not too crazy of a leap. To see that anger be turned to Ferentz, uh, the coach, Kirk, which it partially was as well. So, you know, it's just it's just something that's really huge for both of us because Iowa football, you know, is kind of the biggest thing in the state. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's huge. I think, but, that, um, I think that contract is the perfect example of what we're talking about because I think there was a couple of different things in that contract. Wasn't one of them to, like, win their division? I think the things that they had to so. do were win the like win the Big Ten East and score twenty five points a game, and the twenty five points a game thing is going to be the thing that keeps them out. Like if you just looked at that yeah. on paper, you would go, "Oh wait, you would want to win your division, be the competitive team." But it's going to be the again the vibes of the team, what the situation has been, and you know Brian Ferentz, not Kurt Ferentz. Maybe he's able to switch that around, but. That's a perfect example of what these expectations are. And they're they're going to change if the, you know, if the competitive thing is not. Maybe the Iowa fans do just love vibes. Maybe they just want good vibes. I don't know. Well, 500 we'll see. good vibes. I don't know. We'll see. But uh shout out to uh your defense, Michigan defense. Just got the three and out. I don't know. 35 degrees in Ann Arbor right now. Sheesh. 35. Not it's not that's not crazy for Big Ten football. We'll take no. it, honestly. Well, no, this, there's been some games where it's been worse, so we'll take this. No snow. No wind, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, so moving on to the games that did happen in pro football yesterday. You know, that's part of the 
part of the football food football family. And uh, there were a couple of games yesterday, nothing really close. So, you know, they, it turned out to be blowouts. Um, the, my, I don't know, let's pull it up here. Commanders get destroyed by Dallas on the road, 45-10. 49ers continue their run, being healthy, destroying, beating the Seahawks 31-13. And the Dolphins beat some guy who doesn't, I, how, how is Tim Boyle in the league? That's a real question, 34-13. Mm. I mean, we. I think there was like a thing about him in college. Like he still was like. He has, he does he have like a record. negative turn? He's like a negative turnover ratio. Yeah, like how did in he college. make the week? But um, Rem, should I? Do you think it's? I mean, the the so the Commanders over the last couple of games they've lost. Uh, let's see here, one, two, three. They've lost their three of the last games, four of their last five. Is it Sam Howell or not? Like, I don't I, – I still want to give out hope for Sam Howell, but, you know, obviously them losing so bad hurts. I mean, is it just because he's got no time in the pocket? Is he hitting his guys? Like, I've been watching it. I think there's flashes, but I definitely can see – you know, it's not like he's exempt of why they're losing, but how hmm. much – How much? What, what should we give in the blame pie here, you know, and, you know, just – Well, the, hey, if we're doing that, like you're saying, if we're doing, like, pie chart – if we're doing, if we're like power ranking, what do we not like with what's going on with the commanders right now? I mean, I think Sam Howell's probably, well, Sam Howell, let's flip it around. Sam Howell might be the best thing going on with the commanders right now. Like, I know, I know they just got new ownership and that, that might, oh, who knows? That might be the best thing going on with the commanders. Just <laughs> Honestly. The, fact that, the fact that they have no owner, but taking, you know, taking that out of it, it's not like the new owners have had like a great introduction here with what they've done, done, you know, Ron Rivera is a holdover coach and you know a, a new owner not being dramatic is not necessarily a bad thing either not coming in and wrecking havoc is you know maybe not always the, the right play but you also got Rivera who's been there for a while it's been a little lackluster they just traded off Didn't two of fired? Their, they fired the defensive coordinator oh, they, defensive fired, coordinator, yeah, they yeah. fired uh del rio jack del rio yeah jack del rio yeah and i think i think if we're both for both guessing, like Rivera is not going to probably return as the head coach, especially since Bienemy's there as well. Already has the yeah. title of associate. Like there's there's some ways there's some ways they could go, and they just traded two of their better young prospects for not like a ton of draft capital. They you know Chase Young they got a third round pick, they got a second round pick for Montez Sweat, and again they just like their defense was already bad, <laughs> and you trade off your good pass rushers, you're yeah, going to be worse. The offensive line is historically bad. So, you know, I think I'm kind of, I'm kind of buying in on Sam Howell. I know, I know you were like super high on him and you're like, Hey, maybe he's not, maybe he's not, you know, the second Pat Mahomes, <laughs> but you know, I definitely was viewing this guy as a fifth round pick when he started on the commanders. And I was like, okay, this is definitely like, I was, I was like, it, this is a team that could definitely do something in the draft. You know, we're going to have Caleb Williams, Penix, May, Bo Nix, like, they're going to be in the mix for a guy. But, I mean, right away in this broadcast for this game, like, Jim Nance was just immediately like, I don't know, Tony, the, the, the commanders might have their guy. I think they think they're had their – like, Jim Nance loves Sam Howell. And he's the, yeah. guy, he's the kind of guy, too, that, like, never really takes a stance on anybody. He might be, like, the most neutral guy of all the play-by-play -play guys, and he loves Sam Howell. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they, again, they had another, I mean, uh, Sam Howell got sacked four more times in this game. It looks like they are second right now, actually, in the NFL at sacks allowed at 55. So, you know, there has been mentioned, you know, it's it's definitely worse. Yeah, the Giants are worse, but they have given up the most yards. I think they let's see here average the most yards at 30,339 yards given up in those sacks 6.9 per sack so, wait read that again etsy i don't know why it says 3000 well there's no way sam house i don't know sam house been sacked for 3000 yards <laughs> is that supposed to be is maybe it's how many he's thrown for this this is he is he was the first guy to 3k this year the race to yeah. 3k I mean, that's the other thing, too. He's leading the league in pass yards. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's talent there. And I mean, I think his wide receiving core isn't actually that bad. Um, I, I'd, I'd trade mine for his. <laughs> yeah. Oh, would you? Talk about that. I mean, Curtis McLaurin? McLaurin's a legit, I, I you know. He, he only had 50 yards in this last game, but over Logan Thomas, he can cut Curtis Samuel. I, I like their, you know, get bring Brian Pringle back. I, I like their hmm. collection of guys over one guy in Kelsey who, you know, I mean, he's, I think teams are starting to figure out how to cover him better. You know, he's, he's I think he's not, may not be a hundred percent healthy all the time, you know, kind of banged up. He's getting old, you know, I love him, but you know, similar to the Warriors <laughs> switching over sports when the Warriors where, you know, they still have talent. They still got some flashes and stuff, but at some point we got to get rid of them. So um so seven to three michigan at the end of the first quarter by the way so yeah we'll take it but uh and i mean you know they got killed in this game by the cowboys but it seemed like it it seemed like the enemy's game plan for this game was just i think rumble even said this was just basically just run for your life yeah they were he was basically just like hey the hey i mean the only thing we can do is we can't block so you're either gonna have to bootleg or just drop we're gonna do like seven step drop every time like you just have to run straight backwards and you know you have kind of a bit of a cannon of an arm like you'll make it work but again they're not like is this is this the most bleak situation around a quarterback i i know we like some of the pieces but and again i know their owner is gone but just the general vibes around the team are have not really changed that much in terms of being good like you know they're they're definitely better but when they were, yeah, yeah. I mean, this the, the the vibes of the team are still in general bad, and yeah. I think you know, is there is even like the Panthers, you know, the Cardinals, the Cardinals, they'll they'll you know they they have some draft picks and stuff. I like, don't. I mean, the main thing I'm worried about from this game is that people are going to think Dallas is bad, okay? Because Dallas is not a contending team, okay? We always mm. it's just going back and forth. Every time they have a good game, it's like, oh my gosh, Dallas is back. And then they go and, you know, lose against a real team. And, you know, shout out to Prescott. It's his fifth consecutive game with at least two touchdowns. Um, you know, and the defense has played well this year. Um, this is, the, I think there was a stat, the first team since the 1990 Dolphins that have not allowed a, yeah, to go 10 games into a season without allowing a 100-yard rusher, 100-yard receiver, or a 300-yard passer. So, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's pretty significant. I mean, you know, bland. All season? 
Yeah, that's yeah, ten games. So wait, like um, they haven't the done that. Game, they haven't done that in a game, or they haven't had those individual performances all year. I think they haven't had any of those individual performances uh, this mm. year. They're eight and three, and that's ten games. So maybe there was the first game they allowed it. Um, but you know, Prescott tied the team t- Tony Romo's team record with his tenth game with at least four touchdown passes. So I mean, he was killing it, and that's the thing when Dallas is is you know they really beat the bad teams, um, but. In the in the good big games against big teams, you can usually see them crumble. Uh, let's see here against the Eagles. Who are the other losses this year? Against the 49ers, and then mm-hmm. I guess the Cardinals beat them uh, earlier this year. But I mean, those are the two best teams they've played this year. You know, close game against the Chargers, and um, yeah, I don't. You know, I I mean, I I don't see them really beating any top team, which. You know, they handle business against the teams they should and lose against the teams that they probably should lose to as well. And the problem with that that Eagles game, because the Niners game is tough to take stuff away from. I mean, it's such yeah. a blowout victory, but like Dak did play well in that Eagles Eagles game. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw a pick, right? He went clean uh, for turnovers. Yeah, three to touchdowns. Can you, can you check and see if he had a fumble as well, too? I think he might have been clean for turnovers in that game, but the problem was there was another play at the end of this game where mm-hmm. you've got Prescott making another play where time management is an issue. And it's like, okay, now we get a good Prescott performance against a good team. And we're going to get another one of these moments. Cause it's like that playoff game. Like they probably should have won a couple of those playoff games where you get the Prescott slide, you get the Zeke Elliott, you know, blocking play his last play as cowboy. Like, even in the good Dak Prescott loss this year, we got a moment where, you know, I I do, I really want to buy in and be like, hey, I think Dak is the guy, but mm-hmm. I just, I'm going to need to see it now in the playoffs because there's just too many moments even crossing over into the regular season where at the end of these games, things are an issue. Like, like both those losses are the perfect example. I know those are the only two, and they're both good teams, but that is how they do it. Like, it is either they're going to get killed or... There's just going to be something at the end of the game that happens because it continues to happen and it's carried over into the regular season. Also, Hurts wasn't 100% that game. Um, he had someone drive a helmet into his already bruised left knee. Um, so, and he's you know, been wearing a brace on that. Yeah, so he was he was banged up and they still found a way to win it. I don't know. I mean, we're flipping between the two teams in this Dallas-Washington game. Pretty much, point is, Sam Howell's still good, and don't buy into the uh, Cowboys hype because they will disappoint again, is what I took from that. Um, Michigan's going for it on fourth and one. Yeah. They're not not lined up for the push-push in shotgun. Are you ahead of of me? Timeout was called. I'm at 1421. What are you at? Oh, no, I'm ahead of you. Oh, they got a good. They got a good spot. They got a good nice. spot. Forum, Forum took the handoff from shotgun and jumped over the line. Okay, and it looked close, but they got a good. They got a good spot, so I think they might get this. Let's see. Overhead shot. Pause. Ooh, no. Yeah, he might have got that. I think that's good. Totally not biased at all. Oh wait, which yard line? Oh well, uh, it doesn't matter. I think the yard uh, line was close. <laughs> 
So um, do you, were there any other lessons you took from uh, Thanksgiving games? I mean, it was pretty much, I don't know. It didn't seem like anything crazy really happened. Uh, well, we had we had Lions Packers was was mm. Rashawn Rashawn Gary probably the biggest winner of Thanksgiving. Just in terms oh, yeah. of guys, sort of. I mean, Love Love played well. Getting the like, bump, you know. He, Love he had played to get well a little, too. You know, national game bump. And you're right, Dak has definitely gotten a bump up, and well, not a bump up, but he's sort of back into the top conversations now. You know, they're, yeah. they're on a on a bit of a win streak, but. Gary had three sacks in this game. Three and a half is the Thanksgiving record, which was Ziggy Ansa for the Lions, actually. So pretty close to a record there for Gary. Shout out. Are, there, are Do you have any golf Shout concerns? Because, um, I, you know, they've lost the their last two games, right? So they won last week. Oh, but, okay. you know, golf had the three picks. Mm, and that's kind of what kept the Bears around. Yeah, Definitely struggled. Lost. Had a couple of moments in this game as well, too, where I don't know, Goff the last couple of weeks. And we've all we've known that Goff under pressure is an issue. Just the mobility is gonna hinder his ability to perform when he's, you know, the the line doesn't hold up. But you know, I thought I think this team is well, just what what are your do you have any golf concerns over these last two weeks at all? I mean, there there is cause for concern when you throw three picks and then you against, you know, what is probably one of the worst teams in the league. And then you lose to uh, the Packers who, you know, have been playing like one of I mean, had, haven't been playing great as of late, you know, um, with, with that loss against the Steelers, I, I guess, I guess actually the Packers have been not too bad their last three weeks. Um, but uh, I do, you know, there, there's always been concerns with Jared Goff in terms of, like you mentioned, his mobility and being limited and um how far can you really push his potential i mean they you know he is a super bowl quarterback um uh, but oh, big third down coming up here jim okay and then um let's see here Arthur scrambled they're they're checking the spot again it's close and it's close y'all this can't go easy huh um mm, they got it but yeah i think I think you know you we know what his ceiling is uh in terms of uh uh golf and he yeah I mean shout out like you mentioned shout out Rashawn Gary um forced two fumbles career high and uh you know career high three sacks literally had the game of his life seven tackles um so and it was the same field where he tore his uh knee ligament also oh. Wolverine did not know he was a Wolverine um. Also, I don't know. I mean, I you know they've I, Lions have lost seven straight games on Thanksgiving. So is it a Thanksgiving thing? There was here. I because the, the the overall thing takeaway from the Lions not concerned because it was literally like this game was literally in the stars. There was nothing you could do about it. They were they were kind of meant to lose this game. They're not only not only have they not lost a or not won a Thanksgiving game. They're they're zero and twelve in their last twelve oh, the, Thanksgiving waxing. games. When the moon is in a, a waxing gibbous, yeah, going all I'm looking at it going all the way back to sixty six. Shout out, uh, Jay Kuda at Jay Kuda on X. Yeah, that's so. I mean, I mean, it was it was literally the stars literally aligned for them to lose this game. It was there's nothing you can do about it. It it was going to happen, but. 
the so the gap the gap between Goff and Hurts and Purdy versus the Lions, the rest of the Lions roster versus the rest of the Eagles and the 49ers. Because, you know, the Eagles and the 49ers are the top two. The Lions yeah. are sort of that third team. Well, I guess, you know, do we have to throw the Cowboys in that mix now? But uh, just yeah. to compare the Lions to those top two NFC teams, like what are those gaps like to you then? Yeah, I think the quarterback gap is significant between him and Hurts. Um, in terms of him and Purdy, I don't is know. It bigger than I the, mean, is it bigger than the gaps that in the, the rest of the roster, that quarterback gap? Um, oh, oh, crud. It's a fourth down. It was called fourth yeah, down. Yeah, they side. overturned it. I was looking at it. Um, I think... I think in terms of the roster, I think it's pretty close. I mean, the the Lions are relying on younger, less developed stars, you know, in Hayden Hutchinson and, you know, Amon St. Brown, who's he's pretty developed, but he is a young guy. Um, he's only, you know, I think it was like what only a year before last that he really came onto the scene. Um, mm-hmm. You look at some of the other Second pieces, year. Jamar Gibbs, um, another, another uh, young guy on that team. So they do have those stars, but – like we mentioned, the 49ers, they have been great for a while. You know, they, they, I mean, that Super Bowl run that they had um, against was with pretty much the same, same star. Then they've been, so they've had those pieces, the Eagles, same way. So even though Brock Purdy, you know, may be closer to Jared Goff, are pretty much the same level, they, um, they, they still have a, uh, even though they their team is just much more developed in terms of talent for the 49ers. And so that's why I do think the Lions, you know, they're, they're, they may be the little brother. They're a little bit behind. But having, I, I do like what I've seen from Jamison Williams the last couple of weeks. He does look healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have some big plays this last week. And, um, you know, going back to that Bears game, shout out to Hutchinson. Uh, first NFL player with 15 sacks and four interceptions in his first two seasons. So, you know, shout, shout out to shout out to him. But yeah, I mean, that was a game that the Lions probably should have lost. And, you know, even though they had four turnovers, like you mentioned, Goff's three picks, um, 12 point, de- you know, 12 point deficit in the fourth quarter, two scores. I mean, they've looked shaky the last two weeks, but you know, I think everyone stumbles and you want to kind of have these tough games before you have them in the playoffs. And uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I definitely, I'm, I'm not too worried about the Lions. Like we mentioned, I've been, I've been a believer in the Lions all year and, you know, they're pretty comfortable where they're at, at eight and three in their division. Uh, Next closest team is Minnesota at six and five. So I, I think they should be good. They probably will have a divisional run where they'll get beaten by the 49ers or, or the Eagles. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm not too worried about them, but yeah, the last two weeks, just a little, little stumble, not a trend. And looking at their schedule upcoming here, I think they should, they should be able to find their feet under them. Oh, another touchdown. Shout out. 14, three baby. Okay. I don't know <laughs> if you could tell, but the first, I guess, you know, first quarter of this game was, uh, a bit tense. We stumbled through it, but it's 14 to three now. So, whew. okay. Yeah, are we going to little... are we the is this three three years in a row, Sam? Is it happening? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but looking at the lines, rest of their schedule, 
you know, next game they're playing against a team with a losing record in the Saints. Um, I think we're still winning their division somehow. Um, the game after that, they're playing the Bears, uh, then Broncos, Vikings, you know, Josh Dobbs, Cowboys, we know how shaky they are, the Vikings. So, you know, they the rest of the year they should be able to win the next couple of games. It shouldn't be too hard. So, you know, they've they've had a little stumble here. Uh, but you know, you look at their whole body of work, and outside of that Ravens thrashing, they've been they've been really good this year. I mean, there's yeah. that overtime loss against the Seahawks, but they've been a solid team week by week. And you know, a, a one score loss against the Packers, you know, and literally having the stars against them, they've yeah, been I'll, bad on Thanksgiving. I don't know what's going on. I I don't know something with them in Thanksgiving. They, I mean, they've been bad at Thanksgiving the last couple of years anyway. Um, but with all that. Um, they still, I think they still are, uh, they still, they're fine. I, you know, I like, like, uh, the great rival once said, R-E-A-R-E-L-A-X. It's time to relax. Uh-oh. What are they looking at here? Did he have possession of the ball? Uh-oh. He maintained possession. Should we, should we pause? Do we, do we need to pause celebrations here? It's, it's shaking a little bit. I don't, I don't, well, oh, that, the, that in... ball is juggling. He's in the end zone. But did he have touchdown. possession of it's a the touchdown. ball when he cut it? But it's a touchdown. He has possession of the ball when he crossed the goal line. It's a touchdown. We'll see. We'll see. Shout out. That was, that was a good bobble, though. That was a good, good play by the defensive back. No way this is an interception. There's no way. Well, I don't think they're – well, no, but it'd be a fumble. It wouldn't be an interception because he ripped it out of the Yeah. I, I something similar that happened like this early in last year. I don't know. Stands. They didn't confirm it. I shouldn't say confirmed. It stands. Welcome. 14-3. Okay. Whew. All right. That's close. Shout out to Roman Wilson. Big play. Mosta guy. Mosta guy caught Whoa. the ball Coach. on the back of a Nebraska defender's helmet earlier this year. So I'm surprised he's juggling the ball in the biggest moment when we need him. We'll take the touch. We'll take the tutty right there. We'll take it. Also, shout out to Ryan Day taking over the reins from Urban Meyer. I know you don't want to hype him up right now, but he's only low-key, you know, one of the most underrated coaches in, in college football. That's all I say. Has any have you ever heard anyone being like, you know who's good in college football? Ryan Day. Shout out. Anyway. Hey, I hate Ryan on. Day less and less every year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine why. I don't, you know, I don't. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's just holding it down for, uh, we'll see. We'll see. This next year, I'm really excited for the Big Ten to get good. I'm really excited. Um, mm. All right. You ready for these picks? Well, how did this last week go, Rem? I don't, you know, there was, I know it was a little, a little, it was, I think, I think there was some ga- ground made up between you and I. I knew that Chiefs Eagle game. I was like, either I'm going to be up by one or down by seven. So it was feast or famine, and I feel like I, I went through a little famine this past week. Do, do you want to hear the update? Because, yeah, what, as you know, the, the, the last couple of weeks, Team Sam has been, you know, I don't want to say a comfortable lead, but definitely, definitely out in front. But it wasn't it wasn't just the Chiefs Eagles game for you this week. It was uh Thank you, Rashi Rice or MBS <laughs> for dropping again. Yeah, we can uh we can get to that. But there was a couple other misses as well. 
And you missed your six-point game, missed your five-point game. So five points for Team Sam versus 12 points for Team Rem. Team Rem is, has jumped in front. Oh, really? It's it's a one-point lead now for Team Rem, 157 to 158. Unbelievable oh, comeback. I tried to tell you there was space. I thought I was up by eight, though. Were you? Did I do my math wrong? There's a good chance that Stop these the scores steal. are off. Stop the steal. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have more Michigan scandal. Not now. Oh my God. No, it's all good. It's good for it to be right next. I teal check the math. I mean, I knew the Chiefs taking them number one. That's a bold thing, but it's my Chiefs. I had to back them, and they should have won if we knew how to catch a football. So it wasn't Mahomes' fault, as always. And honestly, is that is that the best case scenario for that type of game? Where if you're gonna rematch this team, like that could be the potential Super Bowl. I think you still yeah, I get I get the receiver questions. You guys are still we're all the most confident in Mahomes leading this team. The Eagles may be the best roster in the NFC. Like you know, you do you want to have to beat this team three times in a row? Like you get, you know, you get a play, you get a loss in the regular season versus maybe losing in the Super Bowl. And like you're saying, you probably should have won versus you have a couple of drops, a couple of miscues throughout the game. Where if you clean that stuff up, I think the the way the lines performed in this game, like there's some real takeaways where you go, okay, this this roster is much stronger against this Eagles roster in certain areas. If they just clean this other stuff up, like this team might be better than them. Like I still think you can come away from that game saying we are better than the Eagles. Yeah, I don't know about that. Jalen Carter almost caught a spike. Yeah, like you know, that. I, <laughs> That, that if he caught that, like, you know, I know we like loving on Jalen Carter every single week, but him almost catching that spike has to be like, if he caught that spike, is that like a top five play of this decade? Mm. Like considering the guy time and situation, like it's a rookie against, you know, the t- Super Bowl champs. Was he close? It- Has somebody done the super slow-mo frame by frame yet? How it close was hand. he? It hit his hand. Was he offsides? Like, did has somebody done the super slow mo? Was it just oh. clean? Was this Palomalu level, level stuff? Jalen Carter is going to be a Hall of Famer, and it's not even like if he stays, mm. he's either going to go to jail or he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no in between. <laughs> like, so Jalen Carter will have a a bust somewhere. He's going to have a headshot or a <laughs> or be a bust in the league. Yeah, or uh, have a Hall of Fame <laughs> Hall of Fame bust. Yeah. Or bust in prison. I don't know. Pause. Whatever. One of the one of the two. I don't know. It's it's yeah. But uh, that he just just him actually trying that and being close. I thought that was thought, the craziest play I saw this whole season. But I thought throughout the game, though, the rest of your offensive line, like that's not you know, or that's not necessarily yeah. a game script type of play. That's a spike at the end. You know, it, it it's it's amazing. Yeah. But the way your offensive line played versus their defensive line and the way your offensive line played versus their defensive line, how, how yeah. the way both of your lines played against each other, I thought was incredible. Like Chris Jones just wrecked their d- offensive line. And that's maybe one of the best in the league and they couldn't stop him. And the yeah. other guys around him too, Carl Loftus, you know, you forget, uh, Owenahue, bring him into the mix as well too. I thought that was the most, I thought that was the best part of the game where you could go, okay, if we rematch this team, we have the pieces because, Chris Jones, the last yeah. couple of weeks, I think 
the some of the pressure stats haven't necessarily been there the way they were to start the season. But I mean, he just clearly has this switch now where if he wants to turn it on, you know, he Chris Jones is arguably the best defensive player in the NFL. Like he was doing yeah. he was he was doing the the pressure stuff. There was another play where it was a screen play. And, you know, this play is not going to get the love of the Jalen Carter play as the greatest play that almost happened. But he, yeah. it was a screen play. So he breaks through the line, nearly gets to Hertz to, you know, sack him, but it's a screen. So they've let him get there and turns around and nearly chases down DeAndre Swift. This was a play at the end of the game, too, where DeAndre Swift, big screen play, uh, want to say in the fourth quarter. And nearly chases him down for like a five yard tackle. If if he had got him, it would have been an insane tackle. And Swift barely just runs out of it. But I mean, he was insane all over the field in this game. So I thought the physicality that you guys had, the slow the pace down, the like like that type of matchup stuff. I thought you take away and go, okay, if we have to rematch this team, like that's sustainable. Yeah, and I think most teams, uh, I think most people around the league, yeah, Michigan is 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 giving up some a lot of yards to this offense right now. But uh, I think a lot of pundits and people around the league, I think consider that the Chiefs played better in this game, but they lost. But, I mean, the Eagles kind of played better in the Super Bowl and lost as well. And, you know, the Ooh. Eagles at 1-9-1 become the first team to win at least their nine of the first 10 games in the first consecutive – in the consecutive season since the Colts in 2005-2006. Shout out, Prime Manning. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I think, oh, is this the first, first time in five tries they've beaten, uh, Andy Reid since he left the Eagles? I oh. think so. I think that's what IT is telling us. So, you know, it, it, we had a lot of penalties. And then, yeah, Kelsey did fumble the ball on, yep. on the Philly eight in the early in the fourth. That was a killer. I mean, he did fumble the ball. And then, you know, Watson, um, didn't catch it on the, on the Philly one. And then, you know, MVS dropped it. So there are just so many drops, and we gave up the ball so many times. So no ring Nick can stop yelling already. Like, it wasn't them who really got it done. And, you know, I thought our defense played decently. I don't think, you know, I don't think there was a huge issue. But I do think that, you know, Pacheco, as fun as he looks, I wish, I don't know, I just feel like he doesn't produce as much as he should. Um, in terms of yardage that we get from him. But yeah, there's just there's like three or four drops at you know deep in the red zone of uh, Philly's red zone and you know in big pressure situations that change the game. And you know, there's only so much Mahomes can do. He put the ball where it needed to be and they dropped it. So, you know, it's it's I th- I don't know if anything new was really learned from the game. Um and uh yeah, um, uh, but uh, the reason why Rem's quiet right now, Ohio State. Just scored a touchdown, 10-14. So, 14-10. Yeah, 14-10. Game's not over. Far from over. They, they kind of shredded your guys' defense on that on that drive. That wasn't – I don't know. McCord killing it right now? I don't know. McCord has, like, three passes that he can throw. We'll see what happens over the course <laughs> of this game. But uh, is Mahomes – is Mahomes totally blameless for the ups and downs of the year? Not totally, but of, I think, like, is 90%. all of this stuff – all of this stuff is the receivers. And, you know, they lead, they lead the league in total drops right now. But if you go, if you go Mahomes passer rating by quarter in the, in the first, 
or if you just go by half. So in the first half, mm -hmm. he is 104 passer rating. And then in the second half, he is 81 passer rating, which 104 passer rating would make him the third best quarterback in the league. And 81 would make him the 25th. He'd be one spot right behind Garner Minshew. Just based but on his half, catch the ball, second though. half performance. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Is, is that all tied to the receivers? Is this all they're just dropping the ball? Because, I mean, they definitely had some drops in the biggest moments of this Eagles game. But you mentioned the Kelsey fumble, which is not a Mahomes thing, but another yeah. big corner piece guy makes a mistake. That was a red zone play. And then in the first half as well, too, Mahomes had an interception in the red zone of his own where – I forget who, who he was trying to get the ball to, but doesn't quite lob it up or quite lob it up over the defender enough. Bayard ends up getting the pick in the red zone. You know, that's two red zone possessions where the two best players on their offense made miscues in this game. Is, is again, is Mahomes like total? And Mahomes is making awesome plays, but is he totally blameless for some of the rocky stuff that's going on with the team? Well, he's not perfect, do, but not, I think it, I'm not doing a question. I don't want to. I'm not doing a question. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, is Mahomes still the greatest? Because the, yeah, the, the, the great plays are still there, but have there been some plays where you're like, "Hey, you know, we're 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 going back to the mean, like whatever the Patrick Mahomes mean is. Like this is the the up. This is the higher end of the turnovery type, bad throwy type. Like I, I, there just there is some stuff that I think he could clean up himself. Yeah, he's not perfect, but I think it does actually make sense that it's the second half where it is him being worse because that's when the games get closer. That's when the players feel more pressure, and I think that's where more of the drops are happening, and it's a little bit of that thing where with him at Texas Tech where you have to raise the level of difficulty as you get further in the game when you need points and you need to make tougher throws, tighter windows, and he may look like, you know, he's making mistakes, but he also has to fit in the ball in tighter windows because his wide right wide receivers are just not that good. Like MVS, you know, while he has shown some great yardage, he's had great games. He's very unreliable. Tony as well. And Kelsey, you know, he's getting old and we've seen more and more fumbles from Kelsey in big time situations. And that's just a sign of him getting older. So with no really any any wide receiver option to really rely on as you know, Kel you know, with Kelsey's still there. He's still, you know, top two, top three tight end in the league. So, you know, there's, there's still respect that has to be given to Kelsey, but outside of that, it's very, very shaky that uh, options that he has. And, you know, I'm shocked that they're seven and three, honestly, I think, I think it's more crazy that they are this good because Mahomes is definitely carrying them. And, you know, like, like I mentioned, I think it makes sense that his second halves aren't as good just because he has to make tougher throws and he's not going to be perfect. He's going to mess up, but the decisions he's making, I think are correct. It's just, you know, him being a human, he's not going to be able to hit those throws. But I think that MVS throw was a perfect, perfect example. MVS one was perfect. Exactly. Because if he was a little bit faster, if MVS was a little bit better, he caught that they're winning the game. And it's, it's just those little bit of margins that matter so much when you're playing against the best teams or you're playing week to week. And um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think Mahomes is really, I don't think there is really him going to the mean. I think it's more of him having to, he's still trying to make these throws. It's just, it's a lot harder than it normally is. And he's going to mess up sometimes, but you know, if he had the, if he had 
you know, even one decent guy or, you know, a tight a Kelsey on top of having, you know, even a Zay Flowers, you know, Tank Dell even, I think they'd be just fine. It's just the guys they have, there's just, it's not a lot of hope. And I know Rasheed Rice is a rookie, but, you know, there's just too many drops all, all around this wide receiving core to really have Mahomes be, you know, the issue, uh, the issue with this offense. I think he's the one carrying this offense right no, now. No, he, I'm not doing a, again, I'm not doing a Mahomes is the issue thing here. I'm just saying, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up something as well. Do, can, can we, do you want to watch a play? Can we watch him play? Oh, 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 break down, Flynn. Break down. Do you want to do, can we watch a little film? <laughs> oh, all right. For the right, Spotify. We'll here, let me see if I can share this play. So this is the, this is the just the Justin Watson drop on fourth down are we in yep there we go we're going for we see it yeah here we go okay for the for the people on spotify they'll be able to see this so we've got the to the quarterbacks left we've got the three receivers it's not the trips but it's not a bunch you know they're spread Mm -hmm. out and then we've got kelsey and mbs to the right up top and all three, basically all four of these guys are going to do the same thing. Like, I think these outside guys are kind of both goes, but these are both slants. And then Kelsey's going to go out. I wish I had a telestrator, but I guess you guys can follow. Do we have a telestrator on Zoom? I think so. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, tech gonna, is getting I'm, crazy. I might have to learn how to use the telestrator. What is happening? Perf Street, look you, out. You got a laser too. Yeah. But, I think I think Kelsey is trying to get this linebacker to bite, and this linebacker like never bites. Mahomes, I think if the linebacker bites, the read is just to go to Watson, and Mahomes just basically stares down Watson the whole time. The linebacker never bites, and he is—I mean—he is headed over to lay the boom on Justin Watson on this play, like immediately turns, and he's right there. So yeah. if Mahomes and you can see like Slay's back turn. This is all man covered from the Eagles. I don't know. Again, I think this is the first read here, but is the right play to sort of go off the first read, throw to Kelsey here versus Watson just getting popped by this guy? And you know, you can hold on to that ball. But again, what I'm saying is is everything running at 90 99% right now. It just it seems like everything could be cleaned up a little bit i mean there is also frustration you know with the team that you're dealing with and you know i don't think like i mentioned i don't think mahomes is perfect definitely and again you know to to go with what you're saying too like he turns right back around drops a dime to mbs on the next play and it's dropped so it's not it's not it's like two i'm just saying it's like it's there's like two percent three percent of the time where there could be a better decision here and that's again it's not necessarily a bad throw but is it absolutely the like is Mahomes making the correct read there or is he just sort of running the offense? Like what is he doing in that moment? What is he, what is he resorting to? Like, you know, you want to see your guy make the right read, hit the open guy too. But especially since that open guy was Kelsey, like you think when you look off of that guy, go to Kelsey, like, and again, I'm not Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. And it's not even close. I'd still take him. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, I think that that was definitely a mistake made. And there is a little bit of, you know, having trust in your guys, having patience, not feeling the pressure. You know, he's definitely feeling the lights, the pressure of having um, of having the was that a catch? Holy cow. 
of having uh, of having the Eagles there. You know that D line is you know probably one of the best is the one of the best in the league. And you know, it probably I mean that pro- pressure is probably getting to him of having to carry the team, and he's definitely he definitely made a mistake on that throw. Uh, but you know, I think there's just too many other plays where I, I I mean I do think he is making mistakes. I do think there is a lot of pressure on him, but I do think that the majority, vast majority of the time, it is on the receivers' fault. Just because if you I mean if you look at that play outside of Kelsey making that one you know route where it is you know a little bit of a tight window um he's uh oh shout out to Michigan for hurrying that up getting that playoff mm-hmm. no review um outside Without of that coach? one yeah exactly uh but if you look at those other wide receivers i mean they get almost no separation on that play and you look at what many of these plays there's there's rare where they get almost i mean it's very rare where they get any um separation on on these on these different plays so it's more yeah, I don't... In the, and it's it's more of that that type of pass it's more of the in the pocket the timing stuff because the scrambling stuff from Mahomes this year is like that's the best that that is the best part of your offense is things break down and Mahomes just either runs for eight yards and the Mahomes eight yard scramble run is just your best play so far yeah yeah no it's uh the Mahomes which play just like the eight yard scramble. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, where he got that first down. Yeah. That's just like that is like just the most consistent thing in your offense is if he holds if if there's no if he's able to sort of get outside the pocket and run around, like he's just he's gonna get eight yards. It's like the most consistent thing you can go to. Uh oh. Fourth down. All right. I I'm I'm getting more into into this game than Rem is. I don't know. This it's it's a good game. Shout out. It's called the game for a reason. I don't. It is. You know, pinning them down or inside of the five after that punt. Shout out Michigan. I don't know. Can Ohio State do something? I don't know. This this mm. game. I'm we're getting tapped in. All right. I think you're um, a little ahead of me. Oh really? I think our streams flipped. Mine keeps cutting okay. out. So I have to reload it. Oh, I should okay. reveal our strategy. Yeah. All right, should we get into this week's picks, Rem? I don't know. Now, now you're getting me scared. You got me on my heels. We're flipped. You're now you're ahead. You're in the lead, and you are the one with the first pick this week since I I had it last week. Ooh, okay. I get the first pick. I feel like we kind of run the gambit of games this week. We got a couple of good games, yeah. a couple of mid games, and then some some games that probably will not be getting my attention, but <laughs> yeah. That was a good punt. Uh, for my first pick, I think, and this is a tough one because, you know, the the the, the game last week was such an emotional game, but I think I'm going to take the team that you should have picked last week. I'm taking the Eagles over the Bills. Mm, okay. And I, they're on the road, and the Bills, like, is this a must-win game for the Bills? Because yeah. you you mentioned the schedule last week, but five of their last six games here are Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Dolphins. Is how they're they're rounding the schedule. They're already out of the playoff race, and they're at home. The Eagles are are high on emotion. Is this is this a game where the Eagles are just gonna walk in and be that sort of you know that team where they've been consistent all year, the grinded out defensive team, the like is Josh Allen just gonna throw three picks in this game? And that's I can see it. 
I could see it. I mean, this defense, like we mentioned, has been playing well. Um, I think that was, I mean, you know, of course we mentioned how the wide receivers for Chiefs are playing bad, but that, I mean, I think that defense also played well. There was a lot of good pressure on Mahomes. Uh, there were, they didn't really get broken too often. And the Bills are kind of reeling, you know, are the Bills, you know, let's see what their offense is. They don't have their OC. Um, you know, they don't have that <clears throat> at least. There's, there's, so there's definitely some questions on their offense uh, side of the ball. And the defense, like we mentioned, have had some injuries. You know, they're getting 13 guys on the field and losing games because of it. So the team's kind of a mess right now. At least they've had a decently long break. But, um, and, you know, they did beat the Jets pretty badly. But, you know, again, that's that's the Jets. I mean, by long break, you're I, including that I, Jets game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've had a decent break. You know, they've had a full week. But, you know, unlike uh, the Eagles, Eagles played. They played Monday night, so, you know, it's one or two days of rest, whatever. Anyway, disregard that. But all that to say, the Bills, the Bills, I, I don't think they are back after last week. I think I do – I could see the Eagles beating them for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I was on the Bills regressing big this year, and I'm not surprised that they've taken, like, a couple steps back. And, and I didn't have them not making the playoffs, though. Mm, same. And I still think that there's a chance with some of the way this stuff shakes out that they could be okay. You never know. Could they still win the division? They have the rematch with the Dolphins uh, on the on the horizon. If they're if they do heat up, you know, are the Steelers able to stay in the Browns without their quarterback? There is a couple of susceptible teams, but if they do lose this Eagles game, it puts them in a tough spot because again, they're facing a bunch of other competitive teams here. So. I do think the Bills are going to be the most desperate team, but I still am just going to pick the best one. I think, I don't know if I can pick the Eagles to lose after the beating the Chiefs. The way Jalen, and no, Jalen Hurts looked good, good too. Jalen yeah. Hurts, you know, he looked good. There was a there was a strip sack fumble again in that game, but uh, overall played well. A.J. Brown, play of the year, stripping the ball from from Snead, but it it didn't yeah. matter because apparently he touched his shin at some point. But yeah, like waiting oh. for him to get up and then rip the ball away from him was incredible. So they Big have earned my here, respect. Jake. Big third down here. Um, can we get that see. as a drop? McCord, Romo. Oh, oh, no spoilers. Wait a second. I don't, I don't know. Is that good? Oh my gosh. Out? Wait, what? What's happening? Wait, what's going on? What is Why? happening? I don't know. Why are you back? They're think... on the they're on the Michigan oh my gosh. four. Oh my god! Michigan four. What just happened? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's yeah. I can't say it. Did you see it? They got her. They they. I think they they. I think they got a Jim. One thirty left. What they want to review mm. it? Come on, Ohio State. You got to go faster than that. Okay, it was a good. It was Ryan, a good play, Ryan, but... Ryan Day is about to rip his headset through the roof. He was really mad after that touchdown call you see you got to take a button page out of michigan's notebook just go bro buddy no mm. that was definitely a catch that was a better that was more of a catch than that touchdown michigan had anyway huh. uh, by the game i'm going with i thought i thought maybe they scored for a second the way you were acting with it, but... no it was just that like i thought he dropped it but no he didn't drop it yeah he caught that that's that's such a catch yeah we're just wasting time here okay 
I'm going, I really want to pick a team and I'm hoping they're here at the second one, but I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Chargers. Mm. Um, I think the Ravens are legit. The Ravens are on the road though. You know, it's Justin Herbert. The team's kind of a mess. You know, this, am I kind of, you know, calling it in maybe a little bit, but um, I, I think it, it'd still be a good game. I think it'd still be a good game. The Ravens kind of, you know, this is just one of those games where you need, you just kind of need to win this, you know, to be a good team, to get that, to secure that number one seed, which matters more than ever as it did last year with it being the only seed that gets the buy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you're kind of the only team that gets that first, first round buy. So um, yeah, I think, I think, and then, you know, of course the home field advantage on top of that throughout the whole playoff. So Ravens over the chargers and, you know, them, widening the gap over the chiefs uh for that number one seed and this is a this is again another must win type game for the chargers as they're on the edge of the playoff game and an interesting matchup because the chargers this year against good quarterbacks are so the quarterbacks that they've beaten have been cousins jimmy g bajan and zach wilson and the quarterbacks they've lost to are tua dak mahomes goff and Jordan Love as well, too. So they're, they are they haven't proven that they can beat a guy like Lamar, but the Ravens as well haven't really played a good quarterback like Herbert. The quarterbacks that they've beaten, they played Stroud in week one, his first ever NFL game. Burrow in week two. Burrow, September is the worst time of his career, and then he got hurt in this last game. Outside of that, they've beaten... Minshew, DTR, Kenny Pickett, Tannehill, Goff, Dobbs, Geno, Deshaun Watson played well, and then Jake Browning finished out that. Uh... Oh no, Jake Browning finished you, you, out that. You might want to close that, that stream, Rem. You might you might want to shut that down. Um, yeah, but I Mar- do agree with you. I do think the Ravens are going to win. Yeah, yeah. Marvin Harrison is is that guy. Um, that's that's all I want to say. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like we mentioned, we've gone over their schedule and. Um, they're definitely up there. Holy cow. How he caught that, I don't know. But um, also McCord might be having the game of his life. I don't know. I, I haven't been watching a lot of football. I'm not going to have I should have. Okay. I said McCord can throw three passes. There is a fourth one. It's called throwing it. <laughs> it's any route that Marvin Harrison runs because Marvin Harrison's a, a beast. But that's that was a stupid catch. Holy. Other than that, the guy literally tackled it before he falls there. Um, Yep, that is the same. Yeah, he throws a he throws a he throws a good game ball, but that was that was so short though. Like Harrison like literally had to stop and catch that. Um yeah, I think the Lions though, or not the Lions, we're gonna talk about Ravens over Chargers. I don't know. I mean, the Chargers defense has been a little shaky. I think, yeah. So we've been listening to um over the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> I know shout out to Ryan Marcelli, he's been tracking that Chargers defense. And since uh, Herbert's been there. I think their defense and special teams combined has been like the 29th worst in the league. They've definitely been in the top five worst. And Herbert, you know, he's been kind of holding on. And it, we've seen kind of some blowback on how good is he. And it's just the special teams and defense has just been horrible on this team. His wide receivers have gotten hurt. And it's not like he's had a perfect you know, again, similar to Mahomes, he is not like we're calling him a Hall of Famer, you know, out here at the gate, but he's been an above average quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And he's just, his defense has just not been consistent, which is what Staley was brought in for. So 
I don't know. It's just, it's not, it can't be all on, um, can't be all on Herbert um, to figure it out here in LA. And with, on top of that, not having a home crowd even. Mm-hmm. I think is is Herbert officially on if we were in the NBA is Herbert in superstar unhappy superstar watch I'm pulling Aaron Rodgers I don't know maybe What is maybe. the history of requesting trades Rodgers is the most recent one but outside of that Yeah Russell Wilson really, Did he request a trade I thought he did Was that like a was that a was that an NBA type thing as well? Rogers kind of did the the leveraged his way to the Jets, you know. Mm-hmm. Did Wilson leverage his way to the Broncos as well too, or did you just go on the market, go on the market, and then the Broncos just paid the highest price? But I guess Wilson in the mix too, so maybe it is becoming a more recent thing. Yeah. But that's another that's another team where Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator could potentially slide right into the head coach if they want to make a change there. But they are going to have to shake something up. And the defense has played a little better the last couple of weeks. There are some more pieces there than there have been in the past, but the overall stats you're right, like the points per game and stuff have been down. So they're oh, going yeah, to have so to... He never requested a trade, yeah. So it's he, never re- he never officially requested? Yeah. Interesting. So basically just... Basically, just Rogers. Then, yeah, it is your pick as the Ohio State lines up right now to kick a field goal, take it into try to get this game to one into the halftime. It's going to be uh, halftime. Can we take a can we take a quick halftime break? Do you think a flag should should a flag be thrown if the kicker still kicks it after the play has been called dead? Coming up next. And we're back. It's still halftime, but we've got we've to rip through the rest of these picks because Sam is on a bit of a time crunch. So my next Prison. pick is going to be, maybe we can talk about that in Frisbee Corner. Who knows? Mm. Uh, I'm going to take... Ooh, okay. I think I'm going to switch the game. I'm going to take the Texans over the Jags. Mm. I have Jags Why over Texans. I have team. the Jags over Texans written down, but I'm switching Texans at home and maybe technically the better team. I mean, they're definitely hotter right now. I know the, the, the Jags did look good in their win over the Titans. Seem like everything's back on track. And I, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I'm still in on what this Jags, the upside of this Jags team could be, but the, the pro football focus team grades, on these teams, they have the Texans as the ninth overall team and the Jags as the 13th. So it's close, but again, with the hot speed, and again, the, the Texans are hot right now. Maybe this is the peak of their season. But with what they've done, they're, they've kind of edged out in front as technically the better team, and they won the matchup earlier in the year, in week two. So if the Texans win this game, they're in front in the AFC South. They would be winning that division they would be, I guess, you know, the three or the four seed in the playoff at that point. There would be a home field game in in Houston. Ram, you're preaching to the choir and, you know, just taking my team again another week. And I, know, I don't uh, know if I switch this pick because I believe it or if I'm playing to the crowd. I don't know. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. 
But yeah, I mean, like, like we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, CJ Stroud has been on another level. And, you know, of course, he continued it this past week beating the Cardinals. And they've been on a, once it loads here, a three-game winning streak. Three, um, okay. you know, yeah, three-game winning streak. Not necessarily the top, top level in terms How of How many with one loss? But, Are they like five and one or something in their last? Um, I think, yeah, I think so. I think so. But, you know, it, it was... It was interesting, you know, this past game, him, um, CJ Stroud getting it done because, you know, he had three picks in, in this game, you know, yeah. and like you mentioned, Curry mentality, you don't stop shooting. Um, and then he had 336 yards, two touchdowns as well. Um, had the fourth most pat he's had the fourth most passing yards um in his first 10 games. Only rookies, uh, him and Burrow for 300 or more passing yards in their in three consecutive games so you know they've already doubled their wins from last year uh first time they've won uh three games in a row since 2018 and you know it's it's this is the best houston has looked since watson you know really started playing there um since prime watson down there and I, you know, it's not a crazy leap to say that the Jags will lose to them. I, you know, I definitely, I definitely think they are right now the hotter team, uh, the Texans are. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have full confidence in CJ Stroud. To me, he can do no wrong. And this is another week with, you know, sure, sure the Jags, they beat the Titans last week, but, you know, they got thrashed by the 49ers. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's definitely, they're not, it's not like they're far and above. Um, they're not far and above the uh, Texans. And I don't, I don't know. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a close one, but all these past games with the Texans have been close. And, you know, for me, the reason why I didn't take it number one is it's just, you know, how many weeks in a row are you going to go and win on the last point you know it's it, at some point you know he's still only human and cj stroud yes yes he is a human um but who knows i mean you might also be right i, I was going to take him with the second pick yeah the thing is i took a i took the road team with my first pick so did i overthink <laughs> it and take the home team with my second but both teams six and two in their last eight games mm. and again the team ranks for both of these teams are very similar is Shroud creeping up on Lawrence in terms of quarterbacks you'd want to have? I mean, the receiver depth is there. But the thing is, like, creeping is, up. Is, you sure you don't want him already? Uh, I mean, Lawrence is now, you know, had at least, you know, there's been some more games. He's won a playoff game. That's in there. true. He's done some stuff, so. It's close. It is close. Is Josh Allen, like, a big playmaker, though? Will he make a couple of different, you know, playmaking, different uh type plays? That's a that, that that could always be. But the thing is, Houston does need to be doing this this season as well, too, because they went all in on like the immediate rebuild this year. They traded their first round pick next year to be able to go out and, you know, they got Stroud, hired D'Amico Ryans, and they went back, traded, got Will Anderson, and really was just like, hey, we're get we're gonna go out and try to get the best coach, best quarterback, and best defensive player available to us this season. And they need to be winning as many games as possible. So the fact that they're even, you know, a feisty team would be a win. And they could, again, could be a, a hosting a playoff game after this week if they get this win. So I'm taking Texans with uh, with this next pick. 
Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely can see why. Um, and yeah, new one. I, I do not disagree. I was about to pick them. Um, but instead, I guess I will take. Let's see here. Um. Let's see. Did they? How have they been doing lately? Um, I think. Yeah, the Steelers finally their run got slowed down last week by the Browns. DTR, I guess this is his new nickname. Um, but it was still a three-point game, last minute win. I think I'll take the Steelers to beat the Bengals on the road. Um, you know, I'm I don't really have faith faith in Jake Browning. And, you know, while the Steelers did lose to another suspect quarterback this past week. They did um they did add who did they add? Tariq Carpenter. Um Ooh, and do yeah, we have Tariq Carpenter stock? I don't know. Rookie shout out. Um, but I'm trying to see who else. Oh, Cleveland? Tyree Cleveland, maybe? No. The Steelers. I don't know. But I just the Steelers, they get these gritty wins, and I think the Bengals are kind of reeling right now. Do you want to tank? You know, if you're the Bengals. You know, just Ooh. try to get a better pick. You know, right now they're kind of they're what five and five and six. Let's see right? where they're at in the draft right now. They're too high to be the worst. So team. they have the seventeenth pick in the draft right now. So they could get they could get into the top fifteen. Yeah, I mean that. I think they definitely should consider should consider tanking. Beyond um, Coleman. Hmm. Another receiver? I mean, I did also take the Steelers last week and they burned me. Um, let me see here. Let me see what the money line is on this game because, like you said, they the Steelers have already proven that they can lose to they can lose to any quarterback. DTR got them last week, and the the Browns defense is really what beat them. But yeah, is the is the gap between Browning and oh, all the money lines are locked right now. On FanDuel, but uh, the Bengals I mean, could be a Bengals could be a feisty upset watching this game because Browning didn't look terrible when he when he subbed in for hmm. for Joe Burrow there. Yeah, can he do enough I, to beat Kenny Pickett? It is possible. I don't know. Hey, the thing is, can he do enough to stay alive against this defense? I don't know. It's mm, are there, is there a better pick? Let me check. Let me look one more time at this. Oh, um, you locked it in. I just get it. No, I didn't lock it in. I just threw it out there. Run the he, tape he, back. He said. <laughs> he said run it. He said no. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. We'll lock it in. We'll lock it in. We'll stand by what we said. Steelers over over Bengals on the road. I think this defense is going to give Jake Bryan trouble. And while Pickett hasn't been necessarily a Hall of Famer this year. Or even good at all. Um, I think this. I think the they they've You're been good at close it. games. They've somehow won in game close games. <laughs> the team has not not Pickett. So I think this game is going to be close again. And yeah, I I think I think the Steelers are able to pull it out. They should be able to bounce back. And they've been forty nine and fifteen against rookie quarterbacks, um, all time. Ooh. So, I'm you know, like- I think I don't know if Jake Browning's a rookie, but to me, he pretty much is. So, it also looks like there was a fight in the Louisville Kentucky game. Mm. So that's it looks like it's a physical battle. Seven to ten in the third quarter right yeah, now. Exactly. Louisville is slipping away. 
Oh, we believed in you. You need. They needed to to lay the hammer on him. Pause. Uh, we're take. I'm taking Browns over Broncos with my next okay. pick. You're a DTR guy. I am. I am a DTR guy. I go back okay. to the UCLA days. I don't know if he'll ever be a guy that'll be a playoff level quarterback, but could he be? Could he turn into Garner Minshew someday? Could he be like a a good backup level feisty type guy? I ha- I have DTR stock. Okay. DTR over Russell Wilson. It's at home. Browns defense. I think the Browns defense. Browns defense might be one of the surest things. The Browns defense against a subpar quarterback. Might say lock it in. I don't know. Oh, wow. Lock it in. Okay. So we have the Browns. Browns over the Broncos. All right. Let me make sure I type it out. I like keeping track. Day of. I don't know. That's a frisky game, though, too. Russell Wilson. He has. I mean, he beat the Chiefs. They also they've been on a little bit of a winning streak here. Uh, who else did they beat? They beat the Vikings last week. Um, and okay. at five and five, they have a real shot of making the playoffs, which is kind of crazy when you look at like the Bengals at five and six. You know, their season's over. The Broncos at five and five, they could potentially you know make a run at it to be a playoff team. And let's see. So yeah, they're on a four-game winning streak that includes beating the. Or yeah, beating the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, and Vikings. So, you know, do they come back to earth, back to the mean against the Browns? I mean, they've shown they can beat some of the best teams in the league. Looks um, like the two teams right now on four-game win streaks are Broncos, Eagles, Broncos, Eagles, Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, maybe not. Maybe quite. They're not, not going to but... steal the AFC title, but can they? I don't know. Maybe can, can they even win their division? They're not even going to win their division. So, sneaky um, wild card team. You never know. Who knows? What are the odds on a Broncos Eagles matchup? Let me That's write that be down and place that afterwards. Look into the next game here. Um, how is Kyler been? Did somebody leak my Matterport leak my list? What happened? I know that that game is looking spicy. Rams barely beat the Seahawks last week. I did peak them last week to win. Did were they on by the week before? Okay. Three to twenty against the Packers. I don't know. That's a that's a frisky game for both of those teams. They're both, they're both, um, I can't pick the Falcons ever again. I can't, mm. I'm so done with them. Uh, I have the, fa- I have the Falcons in the Falcon Saints in the, I don't know what's going to happen in this game category. Well, just because you keep picking my team and it's a second week in the row, I'm taking the Bucks oh. over the Colts. Oh! Take that. I don't know. Gardner Mitchell. Colts had, there's been some upsets the last couple of weeks, right? I'm not been, I'm not crazy here, right? Colts have been feisty. Yeah. Five and five, too. Playoff race. You guys are in the playoff race, yeah. I think we're the okay. number one, number one team, back-to-back wins. Number one team in the... Yeah. The wild card hunt on the bubble, number one bubble yeah. team. So, 
The Bucks are going to bring you back to Earth. Get Baker. They're going to bounce back. They've been losing. Uh, yeah, last yeah they beat lots of 49ers, then beat the Titans. They've been yeah they've lost five, four of their last five, five of the last six. You're um, saying the bounce back Bucks this week? Bounce back Bucks. Can I take your team out of revenge? Cheese over I mean, Raiders. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Three money points. The Mahomes underwear. I mean, at least it's clean now. If there's anything good about losing these regular season games, it means Mahomes is washing his clothes. Honest. No comment on that. You don't want to address the Mahomes underwear? He said he just he wears them to and from the games, not during. I think he clarified that in a press conference. Gosh. That's still, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take... Another L for Brittany? Is he, like, with it the night before? I'm going to take the Rams over the huh. Cardinals. I probably... It probably should be the Cards. I can't... But I took the Rams. Last week, the Rams burned me. Wait, did you say oh, no, Rams? They helped me. Last week, the Rams helped me, yeah, being one of the ones you were wrong on. And I'm going to take them back again this week, so... No, that, prob- that probably is the right pick, but Kyler has just been feisty, so... Uh, Makes sure. them interesting, but McVeigh, Stafford, maybe he's getting a little bit healthier. That's uh-huh. probably the right move. I am going to take. Let's go. Let's go Bears over the Vikings. Mm. Oh, Justin okay. Fields over Josh Dobbs. Does that does that know. wreck Vikings havoc in still... the playoff picture? They're a playoff yeah, team definitely. right now. Yeah. The Bears going into Minnesota. Mm, Minnesota. Wrecking the playoff picture. Taylor Swift will not be there. She hates Minnesota. I guess so. I mean, I don't know why she'd be there in the first place. All right. We got, who do we got? Giants, Pats, Panthers, Titans, Saints, Falcons. I think that's it. Okay. What a delicious spread of games left to pick from. It's always, we always end up with the same cluster of bad games. Funny. I'm just like, golly, like I'm supposed to pick the Pats. All right. I'm going to take the Saints to beat the Falcons. Oh, you really really, are never taking the Falcons. The Falcons really burned me this last, this past year. I mean, they just, let's see, when was the last time they beat the Sam's out for revenge. Like, I don't know. They're one loss, one win loss separating the two. But I just feel like the Saints have been playing better. Um, let's see how how's their they're five and I know five Carr winning was their division right questionable, now. but I think he's he's in for this game. Would you rather see Winston? Yeah, it clears the concussion protocol. Would you feel more confident with Jameis? I don't know. I mean, yeah, so the Saints have won. They lost their last game, but they won the th- two of their last three. Um, and then the other teams they lost to were the Jags and the Texans before that. So, I don't know. They've, they've beaten bad teams, and I think they'll beat this one as well. Um, and another, I don't know. another important divisional matchup. Yeah. Technically. Take over there. Really gain, get the reins of 
their division by finally getting a winning record. <laughs> really grasp South control South. of the, the NFC South. Let's go. I'm going Tommy DeVito over Belichick. Wow. DeVito's going to put Belichick to bed? DeVito's going to walk Belichick into the office and... He's going to tuck him in? He's going to tuck him in just like DeVito gets tucked all right, gonna he's going to he's going to Pesci and Goodfellas Bill Belichick. Tommy DeVito. Okay, Tommy DeVito is going to be a made man this week. <laughs> a made man. Um so I have Panthers over pick. Panther Titans and who else? Is that the only game left? Oh, Bronx. No, you took Browns Broncos, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just Panthers Titans. Okay. Uh that's the last I think I think I think my pick was the last pick. Oh no, you went first. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had an even yeah, game so, this. We had so, an even number this week. So yeah, you oh, have Panthers yeah. Titans. Yeah, you I'll can pick take... the winner of that game. Coffee Mayo over Shorty. Oh. So Bryce Young, he beat beat Stroud. Didn't mm-hmm. play Richardson. And would lose to Will Levis. So Will Levis beats Bryce Young, who beats Will Levis is the best rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's definitely how it works. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, the Panthers have that one win, but beyond that, it's been a pretty, pretty ugly season for Carolina. And um trying to see if I can get some stats here. It's just, you know. I I am a little bit surprised of how bad they are. I thought Bryce Young would at least, you know, get at least more than one win on his first season. Hmm. Maybe it'll be two. Maybe he'll beat Will Levis this week. Maybe Bryce Young is good against rookie quarterbacks. That could be that could be his thing. Maybe, maybe uh, people in this class. It's maybe the opposite revenge out. when you're number one pick, but you're still you're playing like everyone doubted <laughs> you. <laughs> Everyone doubted this guy. It's like, did they? He was the number one pick in the draft. They could have picked anybody. They picked him. I think they actually believed in him the most. He just, he was still in surgery and they still. Can we do a, I wonder what a Panthers Bengals parlay gets you. It'd be good, good money. I could pay rent this. I could pay rent this week if I hit a Bengals Panthers parlay. (laughs) Shout out. Um, let me see. I have here. a car payment too, so I need the Bengals to win. Bland, yeah, it's a whole lot of coverage on Deron Bland. Um, Incredible, he set the pick six record. Yeah. Uh, Panthers defense, yeah, they had, they've been pretty unsportsmanlike conduct twice in the last game against the Cowboys. So they could have gotten the Panthers, they could have gotten the Cowboys off the field. But yeah, I was about to say their defense is the only thing helping them, but. Yeah, I think I remember seeing um no that was Witherspan wrong. Wrong uh wrong thing. Man, I shout out to Michigan and having another play that probably should be out of bounds. Ryan Day again losing his mind, poor guy. All right. Um that should be about it for our picks. Um so going through them real quick. Ren pick Eagles over Bills, Texans over Jags, Browns over Broncos, Chiefs over Raiders, Bears over Vikings, and Giants over Pats. And I picked the Ravens over Chargers, Steelers over Bengals, Bucks over Colts, Rams over Cardinals, 
Uh, Saints over Falcons and Titans over Panthers. So Ram up by one so far on the season. And I don't know, this week could be another spicy one. I feel like it's boomer bust. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't look like, I mean, I think Rem had, you know, he got Chiefs over Raiders. That's, you know, lock on. <laughs> Is that a lock? I, I think that's a lock. I think Eagles over Bills. So there's some of your picks I like better, but you know, it's it's uh it should be another good week. Another fun Lost week. The game. Uh okay, let's gone see. MIA. Just wanted to do a real quick um Check in on your Spurs. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know you may not want to talk about it, but after the loss last last night, um, Curry coming back from his injury, going crazy. I think thirty six points, crazy stat line. You guys have your eleventh straight loss, and looking at some of the advanced stats, we have seen. It seems like there's just a huge reliance on Wemby. None of it, you know, he's not because there was some conversations like, is Wemby the problem? And it's like, no, he's kind of the only guy doing anything um you know is there is it time to tank rem or do you want your team to tank (laughs) or do you want your team to go out there and compete for a playoff i mean you know you guys have taken over the grizzly spot as worst in the west well i do think here's the thing i don't think this team is tanking but i do think that pop's approach to this team is very much like I mean, this just this team is not going to win the title. So there's really no reason for this team to try to be a playoff team in a way. Because again, the big picture goal here is that all of these guys are able to develop together, grow together as a team. And this core of guys, you know, sticks around. They have chemistry. This is sort of the building blocks going forward. You know, there's no reason to try to interject veterans and different types of guys to make this team playoff ready when really the thing that these guys should just be doing is just playing and getting out there and playing through mistakes and learning stuff. And if that's going to cost you wins, then again, you know, this team is not going to win the title. So for the immediate this year future, the difference I think between being the, eight seed, the 10 seed, you know, in the play in mix and being in the lottery is not really that big. And, you know, like we're saying, the Grizzlies, they'll get job, they'll get John Morant back. And then they'll be like a, maybe like a feisty team that, you know, who knows if they make the playing game, but they'll definitely be a play in level competitive team. The Blazers have young, like the league is just talented. So these guys just need to play, grow together. And I think pop sort of realizes that. And there's no reason to force a playoff appearance. If these guys, you know, turn it around and rattle off a 12-game win streak, then that, that's just it is what it is. But whatever the ebbs and flows of these young guys are, at least for this season, at least for, you know, this first half, first stretch of the season, just letting these guys play, figuring out what you have is, I think, more important than you know, managing, because when you, when you do just manage things to win the game, it's different. Your lineups change, your rotation change, you're doing more things for matchups, and you're going to be doing those things in general, but doing it with the focus of young guys and big picture development and not necessarily the night to night, hey, we need to grind, we need to make the playoffs, I think is Pop's bigger picture focus here. 
All right. So Rem saying, let them play, let them play. And um, yeah, I mean, with, with the, with the Spurs, I think it kind of makes sense, you know, with that uh, Wemby is the focus of the team and, you know, he's had plays here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect them to be losing this badly, but like you mentioned, it's, it's a growing stage, growing pains. And, um, you know, the worst thing that can happen is you guys get a high pick, a high lottery pick. So hopefully we'll see, uh, you know, while the drafts these next years aren't necessarily the best ever, you know, you guys are just looking for supporting players. You know, you don't really need a superstar building block like you have with, um, you already have with Wemby. So, um, also wanted to get another statement on, wait, just real quick on, uh, Wembenyama too, where the people, you know, people that are saying he, that he is the problem, I guess if, uh, you know, if people are saying that, you know, they're not necessarily wrong because he is, he is missing a ton of shots. Like look at his field goal percentages. They're not good. So if your players are not going to make shots. Like you're, you're not going to win the games. He is the the best player on the team in, in the, in that sense. So, you know, the, they're, they are right now focusing Everything like they're they're building the young guys together, but the focus is Wemby as the best player. So I guess what did I what I wanted to ask you quickly is with the with the way Vassell has been playing, and again, I'm not I'm not I'm this is not like the Mahomes, this is just like the Mahomes things. You know, I'm not saying anything about Wemby's upside, but Vassell right now is the better, like he's the better player, the better shot maker. Do they need to, and again, I get and like I was saying, the big picture focus with Pop, but do they need to shift a little bit more onto Vassell here where, again, I'm not saying anything about Wemby's potential, but if they're going to let this happen naturally, well, naturally right now, Vassell is the best shot maker and the best offensive threat on this team. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think they should unless, you know, because you've mentioned, like, I, I think you just need to give Wemby those shots. I guess, let, let me just say, let me say from the shots, too, because, yeah, you know, there's a two-way thing with Wembenyama that he could impact the game as well. So, you know, from a shot, from a where we where we are going to get our offense from, is there a, hey, maybe big picture, Vassell, Wemby, the combination, like, is Vassell kind of important here as the, could he be the lead figure in an offense even with Wembenyama? Yeah, I mean, I don't. He could be a good second option, I think for sure. And second him, option, I, I mean, I think he, you know, in terms of long term, you know, I, I think you probably want him at the two. You probably, you know, have him handling the ball more than Wemby, obviously. But um, I don't know if Vassell, you know, could could he be a, a all star level player, all NBA player? I don't, I don't know if I've seen that quite from him yet, but. I think he could be a very good, you know, two guy, maybe three, you know, with him and Sohan as guys to really build around with Wemby. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think Vassell obviously is a little bit further on his, um, you know, career growth. So he's had more time to develop and that's why he's playing a little bit better. But I think him knowing that, you know, Wemby is the guy and everyone knowing he is the guy is the reason why they rely so much on him. And while that may turn into, a lot of losses currently, you know, like you mentioned, there's not much to worry about. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, not nothing, no alarm signs as long as, you know, they all stay healthy. Um, In terms of a guy who didn't stay too healthy, 
with y'all. Uh, there was some booing of Kawhi Leonard when he was in San Antonio. And Greg Popovich pretty much called it, you know, hey, full of mean-spirited. And it is kind of interesting. Um, I guess he he took the microphone, told him to knock it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, I don't know if that was in the stadium. I think it was yeah, the, the PA mic. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, see if you can pull think, up the clip. Yeah. I don't think we see that too often. Oh, I've never seen a coach uh, grab the PA mic and tell the fans to. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, see that. I, I mean, is this a NBA history kind of moment? I don't know. You don't necessarily have this too often where, you just have that, but Pop just doesn't care. I do have the footage. IT has sent it to me, so let's pull it up here. Well, it seems like maybe the host needs to hmm. allow it here. IT, what's going on? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Jesus, boys. Okay, are we we in? Can you see it? It's loading, but we're in. Okay. I guess once it loads. Once it finishes loading. We're a little spotty here, but um, yeah, I've never seen a coach though yeah. grab the actual PA system mic mm-hmm. and address the fans. He's like he like broke the fourth wall. Yeah, no, you never see that happening, especially I guess with the way we've seen he players too. Yeah, your screen is loading. Okay, I don't know why it's. Stop you know we've shoot. we've seen players like interact with fans i guess we've never seen a player grab the mic we've seen players go into the stands as well too with the oh. the melee the r test melee mouse right, in the palace shows one more time but breaking the fourth wall and grabbing the the pa microphone all right are we in now can you can you see it yeah here we go all right let's see it so you can hear him bowing Nine point game at halftime, or not halftime, but three minutes in the three minutes into the three minutes left in the second quarter. That's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Is there more booing? And of Is course there... they're booing Kawhi, of course, of course. They're playing the Clippers. There's even it seemed like there was even more booing after that. Um <laughs> But now that you guys have kind of recovered, you kind of gained back your confidence, your macho, getting Victor Wembanyama in, do you think that's contributing to now the fans feeling bold enough to boo him, considering that, you know, Pop has mentioned that there wasn't any booing when he initially left, you know, when he came back with Toronto. And, you know, now that he's back with the Clippers, there's just a lot more booing. You know, I, I when, having Wemby, I don't know. It seems like, you guys kind of have your mantra back and now are feeling bold enough to yell. And are you part of that crew, Rem? Are, is it even, are you part of you guys? Are you, would you boo Kawhi? Well, I think somebody might need to go check Pop and then go check the tapes because this is not the first time that the Spurs fans have booed Kawhi. Like, and I, I don't think it's been, it in this when they were doing it in this Clippers game, it was, this was probably the most aggressive it's been, but it's definitely happened in the other games that he's played. And the Kawhi, like, Kawhi also loves playing against San Antonio. Like, Kawhi, since he's left, even going into the season, played 11 of 12 possible matchups against the Spurs in the regular season. And the only one he missed is because it was on a back-to-back. And it's Kawhi Leonard. He's not playing a back-to-back. And he played all three of the games 
that they played this year already versus the Spurs. So played, you know, 13 of the last uh, 14 or, or uh, 14 of the last 15 matchups against the Spurs since he's played them. And the Spurs are actually the best team he plays against. He's his highest points per game average, highest assist mm. average, highest usage, and third highest field goal percentage. So, you know, the the Spurs-Kawhi relationship has always kind of been like, there's always been like a secret tense thing going on there. But I think, I think when Benyama actually is, this is the first time that this has given Pop the confidence to do something. And again, this is mm. probably the most aggressive it's ever been. But this is the first time since they've traded Kawhi that we would, that we've had a guy that we would rather have than Kawhi Leonard. And I think maybe Pop is like, okay, I think maybe Pop has got his macho back a little bit. And he's like, okay, we're back, baby. We don't need to boo this guy. We're good. We got our guy, Vassell Johnson, the young team. Just yeah. give it a second. We'll be fine. Like, how many first-round picks would they have to throw in for with Kawhi to get Wemby? You know, if they had picks to do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'd be probably three or four. Could they get Vassell? Mm. With for Kawhi. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's really high on him. But yeah, I don't it's definitely I thought it was an interesting, you know, pretty storyline that, you know, doesn't get brought up much. And for Pop to go on the mic and defend him in front of the fans, I think is, you know, a real a huge step by him and something that you almost never see around the league. Also, quick aside. Deadpool. Also, quick aside on Ryan Day, um, the mentioning, uh, they brought up a graphic since 2019 when Ryan Day started. He's had only six losses. Two of them have been to Michigan. Um, There's also one other uh, regular season loss to Oregon. The other ones were in the college playoff final, semifinals, championship, and then semifinals last year. So 56 and six for Ryan Day. Um, but it seems like last two years, it's been against Michigan, so that is why Rem is, you know, not necessarily against Day, but we'll have to see. They're they're right now marching down the field. I haven't got to have the stream reload here, but um, piercing truth, Rem, what's going on out there that we need to focus and lock in on? What what could what shenanigans are going on here in the big wide world? Do you need me to? It lets you know what's going on because I think you're closer to it. Where's where's uh where's OpenAI? Is that a is that in the bay? Is OpenAI in the bay? Piercing truth today goes to OpenAI for the whole Sam Altman drama. I don't know if this is a this has to be something that I, I think you're following because I think this is something that everybody's been following. Yeah, where it is in the Bay Area, yeah, San Francisco. They are located in the Bay. Yeah. Mm, can you sneak the out same. there? And See what's going on. But over the weekend, obviously, I think it was Friday. Surprise announcement. They announced that Altman was going to be fired as the CEO of the company. And then, uh, you know, the, all the all the employees threatened to leave. He's potentially hired to Microsoft. It seems like OpenAI is in disarray and he's going to be gone. But they work out a deal. They bring him back. And I guess I guess the timeline is just reset now. And mm. nothing ever happened. I guess there's, you know, a new board as well in place. But 
this is this has got to be one of the strangest things that's ever happened because there is still even no reason that has been really let out that or as to you know why he has been let go of. So you know what what do you what do you what do you know of this story? Do you have anything else that uh that maybe I haven't um, dug up yet? Well, there they still is haven't a, released a reason. Yeah, I did they release a much. reason? I haven't seen too much with the Sam Altman story, but there is a story that was released last year of a local paper, a newspaper paper um, reporter being able to pretty much just walk in, open AI's headquarters. So, oh, and also uh, Ohio State is tied with Michigan. So just an update for y'all. I did not see that touchdown, but the game's getting close, Rem. I don't, I don't know if you if you ever hear Rem just need to go off cam. I don't know. Well, well we understand. But yeah, you, you guess apparently you could just waltz in to the office and they're not used to people just showing up. Um, but yeah, former CEO of OpenAI, Sam Altman. There, it's you know, it's been a couple days, and um, I guess he he has returned. Yeah, he's back. He's back now. So he is can you pull back. Up a, okay. Can you pull up like a timeline of events? See if you can get like a timeline of events. Five days of chaos. Shot, well, you know, so what do you know so far? What do you know? What have not you heard? Much. Not much. I Just haven't a, been. Yeah, I saw that there was other people leaving as well. I think he's not the only one. There's been quite a few people leaving OpenAI in general. So once once like they the announced museum. once they announced that he was gone, one of the yeah. other big executives announced that he was leaving as well. And then I think in total, they had over 700 employees, and it was you know 700 yeah. plus. I want to say 90 plus percent of their employees ended up threatening to quit maybe did quit, whatever. But like you're saying, seemed like the company basically mutinating was like, if Sam's not going to be back, then we have really have no business being here. I don't know. I guess he's really good at communicating. He's charismatic um, is what sources are saying. And uh, it looks like, yeah. So they tried to get rid of him. Other reasons floated for his firing. I guess we're, I guess there was alleged dishonesty. He didn't, he disregarded AI safety and internal politics um but the thing that is crazy unlike zuckerberg is that altman doesn't own any shares of OpenAI. so zuckerberg does have controlling shares in his own company um altman hmm. doesn't own any at all so they can just kick him out but it looks like you know he's super charismatic and super smart so people it looks like the staffers just really didn't He's a man of the people. They didn't want him to leave. Um, yeah, it looks like they tried to get rid of him, but the company was about to revolt. Yeah, I'm a mutiny. Where where do you stand on where artificial intelligence is going? Just in terms yeah. of the you know the potential upsides, the downsides, and you know there's the there's the big threats as well too. So. You know, I don't know if you want to like in our lifetime as well, because that's the other thing. Like it's the lifetime and then there's, you know, what what could happen to yeah. 300 years. Like, where do you see AI going? Yeah, I mean, I do think it'll continue to get smarter. Um, the goal is definitely to make it more human like. And now the question is, is it similar to the nuclear bomb? Like, do we want to just keep developing it? So I have a bigger gun than you, you know? It's uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, conversation over the next couple of years of like our enemies also developing AI, you know, 
What are, what are they doing in China? What are they doing in the Middle East? What are they doing overseas looking to destroy America? I mean, I know there's countless numbers of hacking attacks that go at the government. And um, it's, you know, surprising that everything hasn't shut down already. I mean, I think there's a lot more I know. of stuff that does happen that I think we just don't know about. Um, and that we, we've kept the structure of America as is, is wild. Um, and so it's one of the, it's one of those things where it's, I don't, you know, America can't no longer, we're no longer ahead of, I don't think we're ahead of the world by a lot. When you look at, you know, the hackers, things like that, you know, whether there were Russian hackers affecting elections, things like that. So I, I think, I think there's just, it, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, one of the things where you can't, it's just near impossible to predict. And it may sound like I'm pointing the answer, but in terms of actual applications for the everyday person, it will be, I think, I think it is exciting to see the, you know, stuff you can do with video generated, content generated. But I think most people can tell whether it's AR or not. And I still think, you know, there's still a, a, a human touch that, you can see is clearly on content. I mean, there's a reason why we don't have TV shows, AI generated, stuff like that. So uh, mm -hmm. chat GBT is not taking jobs quite yet, but you know, the march to making AI to the level and above humans is continuing to go. And I don't know if it'll ever stop. I think the atomic bomb or, you know, the nuclear bomb, all that stuff. I think that's a, a, a good comp for this because People that were developing that, they knew, I mean, they knew what they were developing. They knew exactly. that this is going to be, this is going to be bad, but they knew, hey, not only is what we're creating bad, but we're unlocking things and we are finding things out at exponential rates and our technology is growing now. And we might be capable of things that we don't even realize how destructive and how potentially bad this is going to be. And again, I'm not saying AI is bad, but the people that are developing AI have the same kind of awareness about what they're developing. They 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 have the same sort of, hey, this could be really good versus really bad. And I think obviously the good application, there are far more good applications for AI than there are for just straight up weapons. But the bad applications could be just as scary as well too. And if we're if we're doing the nuclear bomb comp for this stuff, Altman, I think, is the definitely the Einstein guy right now, the popular guy, the guy that's getting all of the press and definitely the big name. But there's this other board member who is involved, and his name is, and I'm going to say this wrong, but I think it's Isla Suskever. And he was the guy that, if you read reports right now, seem like he kind of riled everybody up, kind of got the board behind him. And again, there has no really, there's really been no reason released as to what has happened. But the reports are something happened and this guy turned and said, hey, Sam needs to leave the board. And, you know, who knows if it was something that Sam did, but something may be happening over there in OpenAI and I think this discover might be the Oppenheimer guy who is the guy that is, again, Einstein's the popular guy, but the guy that is on the ground in the, de like, developing this stuff saying, 
hey, I know where this is going because Altman as well, too, is more on the commercial side of things. And I don't, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think this might be like an Oppenheimer, Einstein situation. I think this, this might be, this might be Nolan's next movie. The AI collapse. Can he do an AI movie? Yeah. I mean, I think right now with ChatGBT, it's definitely been the most popular one in terms of, you know, AI being used to the common consumer, but there's just so many AIs that could be out there that are probably out there. And the problem is, is that, you know, there is a high potential for it to become sentient and, you know, it, it becoming smarter and being programmed to do who knows what. And while there are, like we mentioned, a lot of possibilities for good, there's a lot of possibilities for bad. And it's, 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 it's definitely scary in terms of how do we protect against it? You know, it's, we've seen AIs, you know, try to talk to other AIs or, you know, communicate with other AIs, convince them to do things for them. So it's not like it's just one thing. And, you know, while we may not want to, you know, worry as if it becoming Terminator, you know, it is, it is uh, a lot of our, a lot of our uh, world, like we've mentioned is, you, you know, like it's obvious is connected to technology and having the potential for something to just, you know, laterally take control of everything would definitely wreck the whole world. And, you know, that's, uh, I think that's, that's something that, you know, is when you're trying to put those protections in place for AI, if you're trying to make it more and more powerful, you know, to be smarter, but then at the same time, only do what you say, you know, that's there, there, it becomes a paradox at one point. And then if you're if, if in the wrong hands, you know, people who may not have, you know, less than good intentions, it's a whole nother, they may not care if it's, if it's, if it's controlled. So I, I don't know, there's, there's already um, like little chat box bots out there where you can use them to do whatever you want. Auto GPT, where you give it a task and it, it can create its own commands for itself. And that's what we use, you know, that's what the common person. So who knows what the programs are using? So prayers are up right now that uh, we don't all blow up. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think I've ever been the type of person that is like, is it is is Luddite the right term? Like mm. the type of person that is, you know, has a very, yeah, has a negative view on where AI could go. And I, you know, I understand where it could go, like the bad ways that it could go. This this whole thing, this was the first moment where I was like, okay, we might be closer to like, again, I don't want to say like some crazy bad thing, but we might be closer to some real crazy AI tech breakthrough than we think we are. And I think the secret yeah. thing about the AI that's available consumers right now is, you know, it is some of the chat GPT stuff is, is it, is it just a modified search engine? Like, you know, where is AI really in the course of things? But this this did seem like a moment. And honestly, this I think is best case scenario for where this firing could have ended up. Because I think him at Microsoft is like a really scary situation. I think that is that like Durant on the Warriors? Just Sam Altman AI. And I get he's not the scientist guy, but the business acumen of him with the AI developing of Microsoft. Like it, like it feels like now Durant just went back to OKC instead of going to the Warriors, where you know they 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 still could have won the title that season. He was like Sam Holman and OpenAI. It's still an amazing company, but uh, it does feel like him not going to Microsoft is a good thing, and all yeah. that money would have uh would have been insane. But the OpenAI thing did change as well too. The board 
that they had before. If you look at the people that were on it, it was very kind of like sciency driven, research driven. It was uh, like there was a researcher from Georgetown in some kind of management science and then Siskever himself as well on the board. Now the board has Brett Taylor, who's like a Twitter, Salesforce, Shopify guy. Larry Summers, who's a Harvard, Washington guy. Mm. And Adam D'Angelo, who's the only guy that they like retained from the board, who's like an internet entrepreneur, nerdy type guy like, like Altman himself. So I know whatever was getting Siskever worried, I think, uh, you know, he definitely, the move he pulled definitely shifted something, I think, in the company. And I think a lot of the people now in the comp- company realized like where they actually wanted to go because this was supposed to be a nonprofit and the profit division, they just broke it up and everybody's like, this is a, this is not a good idea. But uh, I do think Sam Altman back at OpenAI is, uh, is fine for now. But can I tell you something that we did for Thanksgiving that has mm. something to do with this that I think is really interesting? So yeah. And this is not really, I guess this is, this is semi-AI stuff, but just, just with, with new tech. So, I mean, I, everything was pretty standard for, for our Thanksgiving, but our cousin had this camera set up in the corner. And he does, so he does, some, he does all kinds of work where he does like presentations and stuff. So he's got, this, he's got this Oculus setup that he has at his presentations that people can use to see some of his stuff. And he had the camera for his Oculus set up in the corner of the Thanksgiving. Mm. So the whole time we're doing Thanksgiving, he's like recording and taking pictures. Yeah. And now he can just go in and put it in the Oculus. And, you know, some of the, the graphics and stuff, it's, it, it's like maybe like 90% of the way there. But the, the way he was like, is that just going to be how we make, like, that's going to be how we take pictures now. Man. That's going to be like how, you know, the memory, the, the picture home video stuff is going to be done is the, this camera in the corner recording everything and then you can just throw your headset and you're back right back in it yeah best way to take memories and you know there's already like panoramas on cameras um it's easier to post them on like facebook and other social platforms but yeah really having that uh 3d kind of cameras uh or 360 cameras um and being able to have the experiences those are what you know people want and i think i've already mentioned you know having that um the middle ground between glasses smart glasses and and headsets mm-hmm. will be interesting to see you know what what is the most tech that they can put into headset or glasses that people will actually use everyday use because you know that some of these sunglasses look pretty cool i think there's one that just recently came out you can take pictures play videos stuff like that but um having you know the actual glasses interface and stuff will be stuff that you know stuff of the future but maybe not too far so yeah, really, really excited. Also, shout out to uh, Zach Zinter. Uh, hurt mm-hmm. his leg in this Michigan game, but looks like uh, mm-hmm. he's, you know, it's just his leg. Everything else looks fine. So um, probably be starting the game up here soon. Still tied and late in the third. Uh, yeah, shout out to our guy. And just the idea of that as well, too, where, again, it's not just, hey, let's set a camera up for Thanksgiving. It's, you know, what in, in 20 years, do we just have these cameras up in our house all the time? And now mm. everything's just going and every moment's going. And then if you're like, Hey, I can go, I can basically go back. Is that, is this how we invent time travel? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I really, we just had these, well, you're not we changing these, the events. So 
I guess, yeah, well, you're not like, you're, yeah, you're not, I guess. Yeah. It, 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 it's halfway there. It's it's halfway mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But if you, you know, if always running, you can just go back to whatever moment you want. Is that where this is headed? Probably. I mean, that's the point mm. of taking those memories is going back and watching them. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what uh, what the future is in terms of, you know, actually consuming that content and taking that content and seeing it. But, um, yeah, shout out to Wolverine, scored touchdown next play right after it. So, 24 right. 17. Back, back, baby. Back. Um, all right. Are we ready for the other corners? Um, just, uh, just a quick run with soccer. Uh, this past couple of weeks, there's been the uh, Euro 2024 qualifications, which means some really good teams play against some really bad ones. Uh, France beats Gibraltar 14 0, um, men's record. Um, Gibraltar, a country? Uh, apparently, according to FIFA. Uh, but maybe this team should consider packing Jeez. it in. Uh, gave up 35 goals in their last five games. Um, the game after, um, they lose 6-0 to Netherlands. So 20 goals given up in two games and uh, haven't scored, I think, at all. So tough, tough scene for Gibraltar. Also, your boy Holland in today's game against Liverpool scores a goal becomes the fastest or yeah is the fastest player to score 50 goals in the English Premier League how um, quick Andrew the previous record Andrew Cole 65 games is 48 so um hmm. he's he's uh his 18th goal this year uh or this season in 20 appearances um and um yeah, he's definitely he's continuing to cook even without De Bruyne giving him all those assists. Um, he does score. It was only enough though to tie with Liverpool. Shout out my boy Trent Alexander Arnold getting a goal in the 80th minute. Um, he's already won. And fun fact about Trent: uh, he's won all every trophy possible for his team before the age of 23. So he's kind of completed football, and he's not. Uh, he, he wasn't even 23 yet at that point, um, which is kind of wild. But um, what else is going on? Uh, then moving on. Yeah. And then also Chelsea played today, kind of got destroyed against Newcastle. So coming back to earth, we played, we played pretty much the two top teams in English football. were able to tie one, beat one. Um, but now coming back to earth, losing to one of the better teams and across the pond. Uh, quickly going to in Spain. Yeah, it's off the coast. Uh, it's like an island thing. It should be its own. It's like the, st- the Isle of Gibraltar. Yeah, to get into the Mediterranean Sea. The Strait of Gibraltar. I definitely remember. Right. I'm looking at the Strait yeah. of Gibraltar now. I yeah, remember this that. from uh from back in the day. Back Rock of day. Gibraltar. Yeah, that I'm sounds sure. familiar. It's a British territory. Shout out to our Gibraltarese listeners. Shout out. And uh, sorry, y'all had to watch that this past week. Um, <laughs> apologies. Yeah, apologies. Um, also, looking this past weekend uh, in Ultimate Frisbee Corner, uh, Classic City Classic, some of the best teams, uh, college teams, got a chance to showcase their stuff. And Brownian Motion, Brown University, the only team last season to give the three-time reigning champs some real trouble 
um, be taking them to a universe point in the national championships. And this game, getting there this year, getting their first classic city classic champion title or title being champion since 2019 beating georgia georgia and uh their team i don't know it's looking real stacked Jacques nissen comes off a season mm. of winning the club title championship winning the under 24 world championship and i think he made the semifinals. i'm pretty sure he's on the audl team uh for washington oh. but I know he at least won the club. He's won the club uh, championship and the under 24 world. Is he in the current GOAT conversation? Best player playing right now? I don't know. He's definitely the best offensive player. His defense, you know, he's not, mm. not as known for, but his throws are definitely some of the best in the nation. Mm. And he's definitely he's definitely known to be the a really good foundation for any offensive frisbee. The center handler for any O-line, so. Yeah. Halliburton. Also, Halliburton. Yeah. Yeah. Upcoming. Yeah. He's putting up stats. I can see. I can see. Yeah. He's gotten that international experience. Played on the international. With the young kids. Yeah. Led the led the young kids. He hasn't played What's on the his top name? one. Uh, Jacques Nissen. J-A-C-Q-E-S and then N-I-S-S-E-N. And it we is interesting. It is interesting. No. It is interesting that he has played uh, played with USA this past time because he usually played with France, his home country, but he was allowed onto the American team and helped them to beat and you know, beat uh, beat Belgium in the final to win it this past year. So him, as long as, as well as Leo Gordon, another player on the rise, um, pretty much just two players who are already really, really good and all of Frisbee. So them going to college level, uh, it's mm. just like, you know, you yeah, put, you said you put Tyrese Alberton in college. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's like, Tyrese back on Iowa state. Yeah. It's like if Tyrese went back on Iowa state, yeah, pretty much. Okay. And it's like, Oh, Oh snap. This is actually, but then again, you know, North Carolina has like three or four of players similar like that but yeah colorado mama bird the only team to give them any trouble but yeah but brown looking like serious contenders to knock off dark side who have won three the last three championships so we'll have to see where it's it's uh you know now teams are kind of you know it's kind of going into a hiatus um with with the break with the winter but we'll see in the spring and um yeah as well as my league play i'm trying to reason why we're hurrying up a little bit today i haven't played any pickup lately but yeah no, Fris- sam's got frisbee, a game Fris- frisbee corner might be in a little bit of a hiatus here for the holidays oh a bit of a break for frisbee yeah but you said this is your first pickup game in how long it's, it's been like three or four weeks it's been a while it's been mm. a lot we've been busy we've been you know there's been games part canceled of, games moved so what part of the game gets like rusty first probably the throwing the throwing mm. gets rusty first you need it like for you know cutting the running routes it only needs to take you know three or four times and you're back into it but the consistency and throws is probably the first like oh oh i probably should should have been doing something this past couple of weeks and but you're more you know, of a catch fitness but you're more of a catch guy right yeah like i'm more a of a short distance yeah i'm not bombing it down the field um i can if needed but yeah, I'm definitely more of a, you know, 
pop and play, you know, give and go kind of guy. That's the, that's, that's, that, that's the thing with ultimate Frisbee. It's not like there's seven Pat Mahomes out there. You have a couple of guys that are responsible from what I know from playing pickup, a couple of guys responsible yeah. for actually doing, actually pushing the offense down the field. So mm-hmm. if I, is that guy a handler? Yeah. Handlers yeah. are the ones handling the disc. And then you got cutters. Such so your I cutters, you know, you're going to, you're, you're trying to get that Frisbee back to your handler as quickly as mm-hmm. possible. That is true. One look upfield and then giving it off. So, yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah. You were right. All that's Rem, Rem. All that... Oh, a little frisbee breakdown here. Yeah, all all that to say, you know, it's not like you need the throwing to be a strength of your game. It's not where you play. No. It's not your responsibilities on the field. So you're good no. there. Yeah, I'm not too worried about jumping right back into it, but yeah, it has been much needed to get some get my uh, frisbee legs under us. But yeah, big play to start the fourth quarter for Michigan. Yeah. What is, what is it, 24-17 now? Or? Up by a touchdown? Yep. This is perfect. Are we, we have to leave them hanging, come back uh, for the Tuesday pod Yeah. To see the reactions to the Ohio State-Michigan game. With Ian Fataport. With Fataport. The Donovan yeah. Edwards pass to Colson Loveland. Donovan Edwards has something out for Ohio State. I love it. We will see. But uh, a little bad news for Michigan Magnum. The Frisbee team not mm. doing great at Classic City. Classic finishing 13th place. So hopefully they can recover after the break. Um, keep an eye on those guys. But that should be about it from us. Thank you for coming, listening. Hopefully you guys had a great, um, happy, great Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm sure we both did. And I don't, Ram, yeah, I mean, I guess you, how was your Thanksgiving? I guess. Real quick check-in. Well, how was yours, though? Because the thing is, like, I mean, for people that know, like, this is your first this is your first Thanksgiving out in the Bay. So it's your first Thanksgiving in a new place. You're not necessarily with family like you always have been. So was everything, you know, was everything good? For yeah, the, it was great. For Thanksgiving um, on the West Coast? Yeah, the, I know the fans have heard Naya on the pod, uh, my mm-hmm. girlfriend. And, uh, yeah, it was great being with her family, meeting a lot of new people. And, um mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was uh it was a win. Great food. I didn't, you know, different different food. Um uh, first non-family Thanksgiving and uh, it was a good change up. Oh, true, the food. So what's the biggest change? New people or new food? Uh um, If you could if you could hmm. do Thanksgiving with your family but different food or different family but the same food, which uh, one would you oh, do? Oh, oh, we're putting us on light. It probably would be the different food. <laughs> I do. I did like oh, okay. the change up with the turkey, like it being so like it was pieces of turkey, but soaked in broth instead of the usual mm. chopped up like full turkey. So it kept it really moist. You know, it was really That's good smart. broth. Um, yeah, there is some also some other dishes. It was a potluck kind of thing. But yeah, a lot more food afterwards, you know, because it was 22 people at this event. So it was just a lot more food in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, two thumbs up on the Thanksgiving. It was it was it was much needed. It was great. What about you, Rev? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, are we getting the video release? No, 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 no vlog from the Thanksgiving experience, unfortunately. But uh pretty pretty standard Midwest Thanksgiving, a lot of family, a lot of good food. But I gotta say, I did have we did have to push a little bit to get mac and cheese on the table. Oh. Which well, feels like feels like it should just kind of be there like it doesn't have to does it have to be yeah. it's one of those things i don't know and 
Also, I heard some, there's some rumblings that after, after, after the dinner that the stuffing might be going away, mm. which I hope, I hope doesn't happen. Sounds one crazy. of the best things, Mayhem one of the in, best thing, in, the, in your house. Yeah. One of the best things about Thanksgiving is there is just too much. There's too many sides. There's too much food. There's too much to choose from. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody on blast here. It's Thanksgiving. It's a Sounds time to like be it. thankful, but should I, should I teach? Should we cut this out? I mean, we need options here. I, we can't start taking away the stuff, mac and cheese. Do we have to push for uh, it? I, and uh, some of you, and I, I personally am not, cannot have mac and cheese, not a mac and cheese guy, but there was vegan mac and cheese at this event. And I'm telling you, that was the best vegan mac and cheese I've ever had. Lots of spices. Mm. Kept it up. So did you get a recipe? We got two. I we might be we might be we might be checking with sources. Asking yeah, you might need to get some sources and get, get that some recipe. sources on uh, on that on that recipe because that is something that definitely needs to get remade. But yeah, two dishes of, of mac and cheese. I'm telling you, mac and cheese is a must. I think that's the number. That's the number one. What's it? Who was it? Shade and Sharp. Shade and Sharp went through a whole list. They did a video with him mm. asking his favorite Thanksgiving food. And he was just, he just, he, they asked him, mac and cheese or this, mac and cheese, mac and cheese or this. They went through literally everything. And um, so you got NBA players on your side. Just show them that video. Just I agree. Them, if Shaden Sharp that. wants to come to, you know, come over to our house for Thanksgiving, we get, we'll, we'll have mac yeah. and cheese there. Yeah. Make, make sure, sure you have it. the mac and cheese. But that is, that is the number one. I think that's the number one, you know, stuffing, maybe number two. I don't want to start power rankings, but I think mac and cheese is definitely, that's just it, it's the safest. Everybody's gonna love it. It's always good. You can go back and fill up on it. You can you can put stuff on it. You can start loading it up with the turkey and stuff. Just there, there's endless, endless options. Endless. Endless. Well, all this food so talking good. is making me hungry. So I need to go get some leftovers. But that should hmm. be about it from us. Make sure you're following us, us on YouTube, on Instagram, on spotify on whatever you can find this podcast and uh rem will be back with ian fatterport next week tuesday and um yeah it looks like wolverine will probably win this game but who knows hey don't say that yet find out come back to find out they just got a field goal up by 10 but that should be about it from the pod make sure you're following all our socials and we'll see y'all next time